Hey everyone, today is Friday the 6th of July 2018, it's The Gap episode 426. I'm Luke Laurie and Job Gore is back this week. How's it going, Job? I'm good. That's good. What you, you went away and shit happened. It all went down. What happened? What did I miss? The basketball. I'm not sure if you've heard the news. Fuck. <laughs> but some stuff happened. Some things. Some things happened. I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan now. I, I traveled to Japan. <laughs> a life lifelong Cavaliers fan. And I came back a Lakers fan. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy shit. That, that time zone difference will do something to you. I know. It's, it's like a portal to another world. Um... <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm a different Job. Maybe the Job that came back, the Job who is a Lakers fan, is just a different Job now. And the one who is a Cavs fan stayed in Japan. Right. Yep. <laughs> and he's supporting J.R. Smith on his journey to a new championship. <laughs> They're getting rid of love as well, aren't they? Fucking hell. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, keeping no. I read today that they're getting rid of him. All oh, right, him around, so. yeah, to the to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> they still Fuck. got money. Holy shit! Could you imagine? Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. So we were we were recording. I was recording with Steve last week when the the news broke that um that Paul George was opting out. Um, but we kind of knew that was sort of happening. Um, but at that stage, yeah. he'd already announced he was, do- or he'd already been doing his TV special. Right. And I think that was the point for me where I was like, yeah, he's not going to the Lakers because like LeBron got in all that shit for doing it back in like 10 years ago when he went from the Cavs to Miami and everyone made a huge big deal about it. And and that's not the sort of thing you do again, unless you were trying to explain why you were staying as opposed to why you were leaving for another team. Like, that just didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. So, at that stage, I put money on the uh, <laughs> on the 76ers to win a championship because I was like, well, LeBron's not going to LA. Uh, it's all falling apart. I was in denial. I was like, it's not happening anymore. Right. You've given up. I've given up. Way. Yeah. That's <clears throat> um, there's something you need to learn about being a LeBron fan. Yeah. He doesn't now give up on himself. Obviously, a LeBron. Yeah, well, never give up, never surrender. Yeah, um, even even when you know everything is clearly lost, and J.R. Smith has forgotten the score, hmm. it's not time to give up. Even though that was pretty much their only shot at winning a single game in that fucking entire series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I still don't think they win a championship this year. It's, no. it's, I just don't see it happening. And I think he's pretty content with like that idea. Yeah. I think he feels like, you know, he's obviously signed that four year deal, which he's never, he's not done before. Well, he never did it in Cleveland. Um, yep. I think he knows he's in it either for the long haul or just to sort of end his career at. Um, yeah. Cause it's just the way the NBA is run at the moment. It's just that West is just stacked, man. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's even more stacked now, Joe. Jeez. It is. It is. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> The Warriors. Like, like most of the best players, but now the actual best player has come to the West, so that's even scarier. Yeah, and the Warriors, the reigning champions, added another all-star. That's so fucking fucked. Fuck Boogie. Boogie's worse. No, he's not worse than KD. Never mind. But he's (laughs) nearly as bad as KD, and seriously, fuck him. Uh, What the fuck? He, like, he, I looked it up, and his last contract was $15 million, and he's taken a fucking $5 million contract. 
What a dog cunt. What a fuck. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. No, it wasn't even 15. It was like there was an $11 million difference. Hmm. He pissed away $11 million just to fuck every single basketball fan. Oh, my God. I'm so grumpy about it. Yeah. And this oh. is a guy that was, like, averaging 25 points a game and, like, 13 rebounds and, like, six six assists or something like that and a, yeah. a bunch of blocks. Um, like, considered one of the best centers in the NBA. Yeah. Um, well, maybe the best center in the NBA. Now that I think of it. Yeah. Because, like, Anthony Davis is power forward, right? So, yeah. Yeah, he, he actually might b- be the best center in the NBA. Um, yeah, which is <laughs> interesting move. It, like, I, I, I didn't think I saw anybody. It was like, well, let's just cancel this next season because there's no point in playing it. Uh, unless, like, people start getting injured from that team. That's sort of the only way I see it going down. You would need, like, a fucking Brazilian plane crash level of fucking injuries to still stop them from getting to the fucking from automatically winning the fucking finals that's what you'd need right not like fucking one injury right it used to be oh yeah well you know if Steph gets injured you know maybe people have got a shot no no not the case <laughs> not anymore okay? if if literally they're all riding in the car like in that scene in Zoolander where they're fucking they've got mocha orange frappuccino, frappuccinos and they have a fucking petrol fight. That's basically the only fucking chance hmm. that that they lose. Yeah. The whole fucking starting fucking squad for the Warriors needs to somehow die for anyone else to fucking win this shit. Or, like, I don't know, the Lakers become a super team of their own somehow. Yeah. Well, they signed Rondo, right? Yeah. And Lance okay. and, and JaVale. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a that's a squad. Things are happening. Uh, they've still got more moves to make. Like they've still got cap space to use up. Um, I yeah. think the word was like last year. Brook Lopez was talking about he'd stay if if they ended up with a good team and he'd take a pay cut. So I right. think they're kind of waiting to see what happens with with this Kawhi thing. I think is if this Kawhi thing goes through, that then yes, they've got some sort of a, like a decent chance. Um, I I could I could actually see them like. But, like, an outside chance. It, like, I'd put money on them, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be, like, a, a fucking punt. It'd be a fucking a dumb bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I um I bought a Jersey Job. They, they went up on sale the other night, and uh, they sold out super fucking quickly. I couldn't get them off the NBA store. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the Australian NBA store, which is the only time I've ever been to the Australian NBA website. And sure. they had, they had like a large size on there. And I was like, I'll get that. Um, Perfect. and like, cause the mediums are sold out, smalls are sold out. And I think right. they only had extra large. Like that was the highest one they had. Whereas you go to like the US store and they've got like five sizes above extra large. Right. Um, yeah. I think. And so like, I just ordered it from there and I was like, sweet, that'll do. Um, and apparently they like 600% upsale since the last time he changed teams, which wow. is crazy. It's insane. That's because people actually like the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I nearly bought some shoes. Yeah, okay. 
but I decided not to because I wasn't positive. I was still like I was actually pretty convinced that he was still going on the 76ers as well. Mm. Uh, they were, but they were Lakers colored Kobe's that I found on sale in Japan, and I have a pair of Kobe's and uh, I like them as shoes. Uh, they're very comfortable and they're my like workout shoes because I feel like they give me good support on the ankle area. Um, and so I was going to buy some of those and have some, you know, slick yellow kicks yeah, right. uh, in honor of LeBron. Hmm. But uh, I decided against it because uh, <laughs> the Aussie dollar wasn't partic- doing particularly well that day. Yeah. I'm like, eh, uh, I'll feel so dumb if he goes to the 76s. <laughs> and then, um, you just painted it- them like liquid paper white? <laughs> Two hours later, he was on the fucking Lakers. I'm like, you fuck. <laughs> uh, I was also in a different city in Japan by that point. So, hmm. uh, yeah, it was far too late for me to actually lock, like, go back and sort that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that kind of happened was there was that news going around that he had a, uh, like, he'd organized a late, like, a really late meeting with the 76ers. Right, yeah. And I was like, where the fuck did the Lakers meeting go? Because, like, nobody was reporting on him meeting with them. Usually there's, like... Oh, he's he's you know he's at the Staples Center or not Staples Center, but like the their training facility or something like that, or like you know he's meeting with whatever at at this time, and like nothing happened at all. And I was just like, what what the fuck happened with the Lakers? Like, where is this? Where is this going? It turns out they had a secret meeting, like right on the fucking right on the dot of free agency. Yeah, and Magic went over to his house, and he was the only team that saw him. So anyway, that was mm. that was a wild ride. I had like read it up pretty much for three days on like auto refresh. I downloaded an auto refresh tool and just had it on like the new post page because it just went crazy. I think it's been one of the best free agencies we've had in a while. It was either going to turn out to be one of the worst where yeah. there was all this hype build up and then nothing happened yeah. or one of the best in years. And it, it's been pretty good. Like there was a good one a couple of years back where John Ray Jordan signed to the Mavs. And then, like, the fucking Clippers locked him up in a house so that he couldn't actually sign the contract and all this shit. And that was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like, they literally locked him in a house I, I so he couldn't leave. Yeah. And, like, Mark Cuban's driving around LA trying to find him. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. Oh. So, yeah. Basketball's exciting again. Summer League's on. I've been watching a bit of that. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some, some basketball news a bit later we can talk about. International basketball's been pretty lit as well. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That was nuts. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was bananas. Like, Were you sound- up at that time? Uh, yeah, I think I was. Uh, I was because that's right. I was messaging you. You were messaging. Yeah. Because yeah. um, then Japan's like an hour behind as well. So it was only like 11. Oh, 10 o'clock or 11, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was like getting ready to go to bed because I like my fucking Japan trip was fucking exhausting and then you sent through this fucking thing and I only had like shitty the fucking Wi-Fi in hotels over there is for shit hmm. so I actually had to jump back on my uh, my data <laughs> yep. to watch all that shit uh, and yeah it was bananas watching fucking Thon Maker throw seriously the spindliest fucking flying kicks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't. I think he got, like, to a height 
like too high and realized he was like never getting that leg up anyway. So he just <laughs> gave up sort of a, qu- a quarter of the way through. I've never seen anyone do a like a fucking a kick, right? That would be a, that would be a waist kick, right? At his height, right? And he had to turn it into a fucking stomp. Actually, like <laughs> try and land anything. Ridiculous. He's just that dude's just all legs. Yeah, so he's here. He's, he legit looked like a fucking video game boss out there, just fucking wrecking shit, uh, leaping all over the place. He was just literally another human larger than everyone else out there, except for Luke Longley, who also looked like a video game boss. Yeah. It's like so if you're in Dark Souls and then suddenly, like, you first you have to take on Thon, the maker, and then fucking finish him, and then the second health bar pops up and he summons fucking Luke Longley. You gotta beat Long- Luke Longley as well. Yeah. Like, the world's largest fucking anime weeb. His beard, his neck beard, long hair with glasses combo. <laughs> yeah. It's not fucking working for me. Okay? It's not nice. He looks definitely like he should have been in Japan with me, showing me the best place to get fucking <laughs> a body below. Yeah. Um, and him being like 6'3", six, 6'2", six, no, not 6, 7 foot, it's fuck 7 yeah. foot 3, 7 <laughs> yeah. foot 2, around yeah. a bunch of like 5 foot 5 players. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty uh, funny. It was. Um, do both both teams have apologized now? I saw. Yeah, uh, I still think like they get something happens with that team, like they get kicked out, or I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you just can't. You can't leave the bench. You can't have fucking dudes who aren't even playing like staffed. And, <laughs> yeah, staff punching fucking players and shit. You, that can't happen. That is some of the like least professional shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, because um, the message that sends out it's it's not acceptable. Because if you've got like like some of these guys that were playing are in the NBA, they're on multi million dollar contracts. And yeah. could you imagine if that was like a uh, a game with the Team USA or something like that, and someone got seriously injured or killed, like yeah, or even that way, like any any team. But yeah, man, there'd be huge ramifications for that. So I think yeah. they do need to send out some sort of message about it like that. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And throwing chairs as well is a bit kind of dog shit. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Basketball. Uh, basketball <laughs> stuff. What else do we got? Do you want to talk about Japan? Let's talk about Japan. All right. I was in Japan for 12, 13 days, 13 days. Uh, oh, before I talk about Japan, I want to talk about the movies that I watched while traveling to and from Japan. Mm. Yeah. Watched three movies. Uh, I watched, first I watched Death Wish, the remake with Bruce Willis. Didn't know um, that was a thing. Is yeah, this based off of the, the, uh, the movie a couple of years back, like the Eli Roth movie or whatever? Uh, I don't. What am I thinking of? Death something. Death something. I don't know. Um, what are you thinking of? Uh, like, it's a vigilante movie? Yeah. Does nah. that ring any bells? No? Nah, I'm thinking like the Quentin Tarantino, like, and, and someone else made a film. And it was like two films cut together. Ah, uh, Death Proof. Death Proof. Right. Okay. Uh, that's not Rob, the same Rob, movie. Robert Rodriguez. Okay. This was Eli Roth. Death Wish was. This is weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, I think you've, you mixed some things up. Anyway. I didn't mix anything up. I had no idea. He made... Okay, fair enough. Oh, okay. Uh, but you must have like heard it or something. Anyway, uh, it's a remake of the um, Charles Grodin, is it? That fucking old... Is it a comic? What? No, it's a... Uh... Um, let's see. I've, I've got up the thing here. Death Wish. Uh, Paul. Uh, blah blah blah. What the fuck? It's from 1974, the original. And Charles Bronson. Charles Grodin. Um, and uh, yeah, Charles Bronson. And basically, uh, his wife, his family gets killed, and he goes on a fucking murder spree of killing like criminals hmm. and this is uh, a remake of it where um bruce willis is a surgeon and his family gets killed uh and he goes on fucking rampage is he and, trying in this movie at all um yeah he does seem to be trying a little bit putting in a little effort yeah, um, okay. not stacks but you know more than he has previously hmm. okay. more than he has yeah. in a while in a while yeah uh so yeah, it's um dumb as fuck. It's super dumb. Uh, it's got fucking Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay, yeah. Uh, in it, and uh, he's acting circles. He actually Bruce Willis. I reckon the only reason Bruce Willis put in any effort at, at all is because Vincent D'Onofrio was there. <laughs> he was like, yeah, fucking chump. This guy is always bringing like a hundred and thirty percent. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just I'm just here reading lines. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, basically, just dumb, dumb shit. Uh, it reminded, like, I, I wanted to watch it because I watched this fucking Kevin Bacon, I think it was Kevin Bacon, hmm. film from a couple of years ago that was basically the same, uh, um, like, concept. Right. Uh, and I think as, you know, as a genre, the, um, I guess the vigilante thing has, uh, I don't know, it's been pretty per- per- pervasive. Like, just fucking, you see it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like Law Abiding Citizen. I actually generally like these films because there's this, uh, I guess, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. This. justice right this uh this concept of justice that's clearly perverted and so it turns uh it's it's a really clever way of giving the viewer the perspective of the like think of it like a slasher film where you're following the the fucking knife wielding maniac or whatever that's that's how i view them basically as like these these fucking horror films but you not from the perspective of the bad guy, death sentences from James Wan uh, is the Kevin Bacon one. And that one's actually really good. I actually thought that one was fucking top notch. Um, because, but yeah, like there's there's stuff you know sort of that basically I think you you have to go into like I think the the vigilante needs to get their act, uh, inevitable come up, and so they need to be punished otherwise you're just sort of glorifying this concept of vigilantism uh and 
Yeah. I, it's weird because I don't expect that from a superhero film, but these films are grounded in reality, I guess. Anyway, uh, getting way further, like way deeper into the concept than Eli mm-hmm. Roth or Bruce Willis ever did The Death Wish. It was dumb. I thought it was going to be the dumbest fucking movie I watched on my trip mm. uh, because it was that dumb. Uh, but then I watched Escape Plan 2. Ah, oh, the sequel that everybody wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, wow. What a fucking, what a turd. Hmm. Holy shit. Is it well, worse than the first one? Way worse. Right. I actually didn't hate the first one. That first one was dumb. Yeah. As heck. Like, fuck. So dumb. But the second one is one of the most blatant cash grabs. It must have been shot in, like, one week tops. And... Like, just, they turned it around as quick as possible. Like, filled in the gaps with terrible CGI. And, uh, yeah, they got all their money from, like, uh, Chinese backers Mm. in some sort of tax scheme situation. And that's, like, that was their entire fucking ploy was to just get fucking, get some money and, and get the fuck out. And they're like, Sly... You literally only need to show up for two days. That's it. Because <laughs> he, like, he is barely in it. It's it focuses on this other dude. Uh, I don't even know if he was in the original. I can barely remember it. Uh, but yeah, at some like three quarters of the way through the movie, and Sly is ba- still barely in it, and it's just so fucking dumb. Yeah. Holy shit, it's dumb. Um, so I thought that was going to be the worst film I watched on this trip, but uh, it wasn't because then I watched uh, on the flight back. I watched um, Impossibility Defense, okay, uh, which is a was a Japanese film, uh, so all subtitles, um, and it was uh, based on a manga that um, should not have been turned into a. Uh, movie it's about this hitman who um who kills people through the power of suggestion mm. yeah um so he's like uh you've been stabbed and he stabs them with a fake knife right and uh but they think they've been stabbed so they die how many people and does he make walk off a building none none oh, okay yeah. that's weird is it yeah i feel like that's something you could make people do. Oh, with the power of suggestion, like just, just yeah, suggest that they walk off a building. Mm. Uh, it's not really style. Okay, um, as opposed to stabbing someone with a pretend knife. Yeah, that's far more his style. He also tricks someone into thinking they're killed by hornets. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Why not moths? Because um, I guess. He can't suggest that moths are dangerous. What if they just fill up his nose holes and then he can't breathe? Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, he should have done that. Should have done that. That's the way scarier. True. Um, because then you'd have that like you could have that one moth crawling out the mouth. Mm. Fucking always scary, always freaky. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Like, the subtitles were fucking hilarious. Like, really bad. The acting was awful. Proper awful. The main dude... Uh, it's, it takes the 
perspective of a cop hunting down this bad guy. I get the feeling that the manga is actually about the hitman guy. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, I don't, I don't really know anything. Um, yeah, uh, like just some of the, just some of the worst shit I've ever seen. Uh, at one point, someone gets their throat slashed, um, and they spend easily easily forty seconds talking while blood pull, like bubbles out <laughs> of their throat. Yeah. Ex, ex, exposition explaining because uh, see the problem the impossibility defense as they explain way too many times is uh, this idea that uh, if a murder is in if a, if a crime is impossible how committed then you can't prosecute someone for having committed it um, so it's impossible for him to have uh, stabbed someone with a, a toy knife and killed them so you could not possibly prosecute him for doing that. Um, and it's it's just this, like, yeah, all this shit. They are... Uh, so this, this chick slashes her own throat. Uh, spoiler alert. Slashes her own throat and then puts the knife in the hand of the killer guy and then explains to the cop that she should then, say, testify in front of whatever that the hitman guy uh, like slashed the chick's throat and she explains it down like the whole fucking thing all the way down uh, there's a subplot about like bombs for literally no reason it just comes out of nowhere it's this delivery dude who delivers food uh, it starts bombing people for the fucking fun of it and yeah just it's just right out there and then he gets foil he is 100% going to kill the cop at the end right like has her fucking dead to rights and then um, it turns out that his like boss or something or like co-worker wants him dead because he became a too too powerful a delivery boy mm-hmm. and so he hires the fucking magic hitman to kill the bomber and the bomb, the magic hitman decides to do this literally just as he's about to kill a cop. And then the magic hitman convinces the cop to stab him. Like, stab him, the magic hitman. Stab, yeah. like, convinces the cop to stab himself. Right. Because the only way he can be stopped is if this chick fucking cop stabs him. It's ridiculous. Um,. Yeah. Also, there's like shitloads of smoking in it, and it seems like it's almost like, well, not almost like fucking. It's straight up fucking an ad. <laughs> yeah, this crazy ad for fucking smoking for some reason. It's very odd. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Sounds like an exciting plane flight. <laughs> this is why I bring my own movies. Yep. Well, I just needed something so that I could, like, watch it on the plane. Do you need something on the in-flight entertainment that you can watch so that you can eat food on the tray table? Because otherwise you're, like, your screen goes there. Uh, I see my um, tablet's got a a cover on it that folds into, like, a thing that sits up. 
Yeah. And so Where I just do you put your- I just like put it on my lap between the tray table and um, um and like I usually just have it running. Yeah, okay. Well I'm using my surface. So oh, okay. it's way too big for that. Um even though it has like a, a stand built into it, which mm. is really good. Uh, so after, like when you're not using in-flight entertainment, it's perfect for watching shit on. But cool, yeah. On the on the like on the flight over, I watched this TV show called Back, uh, which is another um, David Mitchell and Robert Webb. Okay, yeah. Um, the dudes from Peep Show, and uh, it's only, only six episode series. I watched three episodes of it while I was eating food. And um, <laughs> like ten minute shows, are they? No, hour long. Oh, okay. uh, I watched. Well, I watched what? like I watched one uh, when I was like on the last meal, and there was like two hours left in the flight, and so I, I watched like forty minutes of one. By the time they got to me to bring me my in flight meal, and then they they put it down, mm. and then I just kept watching it for the rest of the fucking thing because it was fucking hilarious. I went to watch it on the fucking flight. I wouldn't have watched crazy fucking stupid Hitman movie if fucking this had been on it. But no, completely different fucking shows. Like, it, well, I don't understand. It was ridiculous. We had completely different shit on the flight home. Oh, yeah, it's because you passed that date. They, oh, they reset it 1st of July. July. Yeah. They fucked me. I should have taken that into account. I didn't figure that they would delete the best show that I had on there. Now I have to fucking acquire all the fucking back so I can watch it. So I loved it. It was fucking amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the shows I watched in Japan. That's all I've got to talk about with Japan. No, um, all right, so, yeah, fucking 13 days technically in Japan, although one of them, like, 12 full days worth of hours, I guess, because we had, like... Uh, the tail end of a day on our first and the uh and we left at like ten o'clock at night in the last. But um yeah. Japan's fucking amazing. Uh it was way too hot. It was like fucking thirty seven degree and ninety nine percent humidity. Yeah. It was so fucking hot. Uh I had to buy like new shirts while I was over there because I was I figured it like I just figured I'd take stuff over and I'd be fine to wear it. But like, and I'd be able to like wear a couple of shirts, like again, like just you know, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. I'll just let them air out, and I can double up on a couple of my shirts. So I cut down on fucking packing, but uh, no, like they just, I was a sweaty, sweaty dog, so there was just no fucking way. Hmm. Uh, to buy um some new singlets is. is that's the only way I go out anymore without looking like the fucking world's sweatiest spaghetti is uh, if I wear singlets underneath my T-shirt. Which makes me look thicker, which, to be honest, I don't need help with. Thank you very much. But uh, I don't really have any choices. Yeah, okay. Cooked. I'm cooked. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Super hot. But, uh, yeah, first night we got in and uh, looked up on TripAdvisor and found this place that did all-you-can-eat gyoza and I rolled on over to it and they weren't fucking kidding. It was called the Spiral Staircase. We stayed at uh, Narita, which is next to the airport. 
because we got in so late that we just like we didn't want to fucking navigate it was like an hour on the train to mm. tokyo um so it'd be like 10 o'clock at the minimum that we were getting to fucking tokyo and that, then we'd have to like probably transfer trains and do all this other shit and we just didn't figure we'd want to be up like doing that shit yeah till the next day um so yeah so we uh, stayed in Narita and yeah, found this place, the Spiral Staircase. If you're ever in Narita, uh, for whatever reason, probably the same reason I was, uh, look this place up. It was fucking amazing. We went to it and it's, it's like real close to basically all of the hotels in Narita. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you look it up, you'll find it real easy. But yeah, the Spiral Staircase in question was this fucking rickety, rusted fire escape and like we got to it and there was a sign that said spiral staircase second floor and i'm like i'm not fucking going in there i'm gonna fucking die i'm gonna die on the fucking staircase let alone getting in there <laughs> to whatever fucking food they serve good god uh but my wife insisted because she was very hungry so uh we went up i opened the door i like all the lights are on everything looks cool there's music playing uh, and uh, there's literally nobody inside. That's and, a good sign. Yeah, always a positive sign. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> I like open the door and stick my head in, and then there's there's nobody. There's nobody at all. There's not even people. Like I can hear some banging and crashing in the kitchen. Yeah. So it sounds like they're they're cleaning up and they might be fucking done for the night. And uh, so I'm like, uh, okay, close the door. And this dude, like, wanders past, like, singing in Japanese, like, fucking just going off. He's popping. He's loving life. And uh, he sees me. He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, are you guys closed? And he nods his head. And uh, I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. And uh, <laughs> and so my wife starts walking down the stairs. And I go to walk down the stairs. And he uh, runs Opens the door and opens up. He's like, "No, no, come in, come in. We're open." I'm like, "Fair enough." Um, bit of translation, whatever. Uh, we walk in, get a seat at the like the counter top, hmm. and uh, he like saddles up this uh, whatever they call those those Japanese like barbecues that they cook like yeah, gnocchi or whatever the fuck on, and uh, he saddles it up with literally two dozen fucking goes on like right from the get-go and then he gives us the menus he's like so what do you want and uh we're scanning through it and uh it's like five options on this menu and it's uh all you can eat gyoza in every single option uh plus all you can eat this like crazy salad uh asian vegetables uh Asian pepper chicken and uh, fries, right? Hmm. And uh, the options dictate what drink you get with it instead. And so it starts out and it's like fucking 10 bucks for all you can eat gyoza and a soda, like a fucking can of soft drink. And uh, it goes all the way up to like 23 bucks. Uh, Australian, or you can eat gyoza plus a the world's biggest gin and tonic. Okay, <laughs> uh, which is what is on the fucking menu. 
So you're paying for the gin and tonic? Uh, I guess, yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, so I'm like, well, obviously. Uh, obviously, I'm getting that. And so he got, like, he's like, cool, cool. Gets an uh, old mate in the kitchen who's banging pots and pans to come on out and uh, start making this gin and tonic. It comes over, like, eventually, like, we get 24 fucking gyoza and uh, a bunch, like, all the other shit. It's just like this it's just saddled in front of us and these gin and tonics come over and they're literally in liter stein glasses like mm. liter steins of gin and tonic and i take a drink and it is has to be mostly gin it is disgusting <laughs> it is so alcoholic and it's because japan is free poor apparently uh, it's like america <laughs> yeah insanity and uh he like after like I've had like two gyoza and he's already put another two dozen fucking gyoza on the fucking barbecue plate. Uh, he's, he's getting prepared. Yeah. And uh, I'm smashing. Uh, my wife is not really about it. She's like suspicious that I got pork in them, which is pretty fair because everything in Japan appears to have pork. Hmm. And she can't eat pork. She's like intolerant, pork intolerant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm sadly having to eat all these fucking goes on uh and it rolls around to like 10 45 nearly 11 o'clock and like 25 people walk in mm. like just this we are literally the only people in here and then suddenly it is full like mm. packed and it turns out like this place is where all like the uh airline crews go when they knock uh, off okay. work yeah um, so that's why it's, that's why they, like, they don't give a fuck. They're not trying to do any work before 10, basically. Like, that's, they're, they're waiting for everyone to rock in, like, as late as fuck. But, um, yeah, they just, they just kept playing as fuck. It was awesome. The guys were really good too. Like, yeah, it was good shit. Anyway, that was night one of Japan. Cool. Hmm. Um, we got, we got 12 left. Only 12 to go. <laughs> so, so what uh, was your next, favorite thing then to do over The next there? day, we went to Ginza. And it's like, I, you've been to Japan, yeah? Where did you go when you were in Japan? You I don't remember. Okay. I, I, this is like five years ago. We went place. We went all over the place. Oh. Well, yeah, like... Jinjuku. We to- is that the... That's the tech place? Uh, One of them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we stayed in Ginza, which is like the upscale area. Yep. And then we moved to Osaka for four days. And then we came back and we stayed in Shibuya, which is like near Shinjuku. Right. But uh, did you do a thing in Shinjuku called the Robot Restaurant? No, we didn't end up going to that. You should have. It was spectacular. Yeah. I went in thinking this is going to be so dumb. I can't believe I paid. Well, my wife convinced me to pay so much fucking money for this. It's going to be lame as fuck. Uh, like, this is the tourist trappiest shit. And I, like, <laughs> I am all about tourist trap shit in general because I am a tourist, right? So I don't have a fucking, I don't have a philosophical issue with doing touristy shit, but I do it. When it's like, it, when I think it's gonna be like tacky and lame and shit, and like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really into it. But no, I was wrong, mm. and I was dumb. 
It wasn't even that I was drunk either. Like, I'd had a bit to drink, but, like, this was just legitimately fucking hilarious. It's, I couldn't even have fathomed, like, imagined it. And the entire time until it started, I was sitting there taking the absolute piss out of it. And then it kicked off. And it was basically like um, Japanese medieval times with robots. Mm. With, like, hilarious knockoff Transformers. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. It was spectacular. Uh, they, like, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I heartily recommend it. Uh, and I heartily recommend, like, booking early if you are going to Japan. Uh, because the, I believe the earlier you book, uh, the better seats you get for the that. The more seat. robots you get. No, no, but you do get, like, uh, you want to be in the front row and you yep. want to be, like, close to the center because oh. shit makes more sense you want to hear you want to feel that uh robot sweat hit you well the 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 actors and stuff playing the robots will interact with you more okay uh but yeah anyway robot restaurant highly i, I have a question for you go is it literally just tourist people in that restaurant or are there like locals in there as well uh all tourists okay and it's not a restaurant <clears throat> It's just called the Robot Restaurant. Oh, uh, there's no food. Didn't eat any food. Uh, they okay, they serve like chicken nuggets and shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bit of mistranslation there. Audience. <laughs> I think that is like the alliteration. Um, so yeah, we uh, yeah we, I full blown recommend it. It was amazing. Uh, it was great. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, Shinjuku just didn't have a lot that appealed to me. I guess. Um, we were in the red light district part of it because that's where robot restaurant is. Right. Yeah. But uh, it seemed pretty, pretty grotty. I feel like that's uh, maybe where we stayed. I can't. I don't know. I can't even remember. We stayed in the red light district. Yeah. Cool. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I noticed is that everyone fucking like smoking culture is still huge over there. Mm. It drives me bananas. So I don't like smoking in general. Uh, I don't like begrudge people who are addicted, uh, but I prefer to not yeah. have smoke blowing my face. And uh, yeah, a lot of restaurants, like at the start, we just go to a restaurant uh, and people just start smoking while we're eating. Mm. And it was pretty gross. And by the end, we were just actively... Smoking yourselves. No smoking. Um, like, it basically had to be no smoking or I didn't want to fucking eat that. And, um, yeah, I think that restricted our options a little bit because, obviously, you know, uh, almost everyone smokes. So, if you're going to just go to places that don't smoke, you are sort of, uh, like, lumping yourself in with the rest of the tourists from places that don't smoke a lot yeah. Mm. um yeah anyway it wasn't that bad like, it wasn't the worst thing like, whatever the fuck but it do like it does boggle my mind because they do seem like super fucking progressive uh in a lot of ways and they, it seems like a culture that's got its shit together uh but yeah they just for that they part. fucking love smoking mm. fucking love it everyone's so fucking so crazy polite it's bananas and I didn't want to be like fucking douchebag gaijin motherfucker like screwing everything up so i was always like super polite as well i did my best to trot out what little japanese i know 
Uh, they have lines for trains, Joe. People fucking line up to get on the yeah, train. Fucking amazing. I was getting on the train to go to Rift Rivals last night, and this like I'm standing uh, <laughs> at the side of the door, and this motherfucker like pushes up to go through. There's people getting off the train, hmm. and he pushes to go through them, and uh, I like shoved him out of the way. I was so fucking dumbfounded like just let at least let people get off the fucking train first dickhead um which is a lot more aggressive than what i said to him or i shoved him to the side and i'm like let people get off first and he gave me this look like uh, what <laughs> like he's never used to train before ah, like he's never fucking yeah never tried to get on fucking through some doors before or some shit and then he tried to go like once people got off the train uh, he tried to go through first. No, I like, fucking shoveled my way through. This made me like aggressively polite. Now that's it. I'm like, my, I'm taking taking things up a step because that's what I noticed is that in Japan they're too polite. They're too polite to do anything uh, about like people who are specifically not polite. Like this, I was. They've got these super long escalators out of their subways and shit. Hmm. Uh, like super long, crazy, too long even, and. Uh, I was stuck behind this guy, behind this other guy who was standing on the, uh, like, you've got, you know, everyone shifts to the left. And if you're on the right-hand side, you move up, you walk up the escalator like the stairs, then it's not a fucking carnival ride. And, uh, yeah, so I was standing uh, behind this guy, and he would not tell the guy in front of him to get the fuck out of the way. So uh, I reached over and tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, could you move? Uh, and he, like, bowed and got the fuck out of the way, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, and then everyone got to, like, there was, I looked behind me and there was this line all the way back down to the, the bottom of the escalator, like, of people waiting to go up the right-hand side of this fucking, like, escalator. Insane. They were just, like, they were just happy to stand there they're like well i guess we're not moving then i guess we're not going to walk up or we, we do have places to go but i guess we'll just fucking wait too polite it needs to be like they need an injection of impoliteness to their politeness they need to like weaponize politeness or something uh in osaka they all line up on the right hand side of the escalator okay that's legit yeah. They switch sides. They don't treat it like a ride? Like everyone else here? Uh, no, they, they do. They just, instead of lying, like, instead of all standing on the left, yeah. they stand on the right. Yeah. And people who are going up, like, people who aren't treating it like a ride go up on the left. Yeah. It's crazy. It switches sides. It's literally fucking, it's a three-hour train trip. And it's like it's a different fucking country full of, you know, all the same um, yeah, race of people, but uh, yeah, like it is bananas. They're just like, yeah, no, we we line up on the right now, and if you line up on the left, they all give you it like, Ugh. Oh. Ugh. we're not those fucking hipsters over near the airport. No fucking no Tokyo shit over here. The entire country, <laughs> as as I found out, lines up on the left except for Osaka. Yeah, and apparently it's they like I the Melbourne. Remember. Someone. Yeah, they are. They like the Melbourne. They were trying to explain. Uh, it's, I, I believe it was like. Tokyo, like everywhere else, uh, 
it, they follow the norms of the businessman, mm. but uh, but in Osaka they follow the norms of the samurai. And so, uh, if you were to stand on the escalator as a samurai, um, then your sword would get caught or something. And I'm like, there weren't fucking escalators and samurai at the same fucking time. I don't understand how that like that doesn't make any this reasoning doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to change. I didn't like vocalize this opinion of mine. I just sort of thought it loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, then, then, then what? Then what's? What do I do? Mostly, I, oh yeah. Okay. Here's something. I went to Akihabara on my last day. Uh, Akihabara is the video games district that yep. everyone always goes crazy for. Mm-hmm. I did not think much of it, to be honest. Uh, I didn't, I just, I didn't think it was like, you've got to go, it's like a 30 hour, uh, 30 hour, 30 minute trip uh, on the other side of Tokyo from all the actual cool shit. And uh, yeah, I just didn't think, you know, it's got all the arcades and stuff, but I didn't see any games in the arcades at Akihabara that I hadn't seen anywhere else. Hmm. So apart from that, um, yeah, like it's got a bunch of like game stores and stuff um, that you can buy games and stuff at. But I, yeah, yeah. It's really impressive. Is that where everything looks like a fucking like a JB Hi-Fi? There's just like 400 of them. Yeah, like all the same shops. Yeah, like Yodabashi camera. No, yeah, Yodabashi camera and big camera, and they all they all these, look like, exactly the same. You go in, and they're the all the same. Of, yeah, like a JB Hunter. <laughs> yeah, that's where I bought like a graphics card from in one of those. Really? Yeah. Nice. Because it worked out that the uh, the price is a lot. Ch- when I went over there, the our dollar was decent. So good. Yeah, right. I saved a couple hundred bucks. Nice one. Um, yeah, I didn't think. Well, yeah, in my like limited experience, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think I just go to Shibuya or Shinjuku or Harajuku, and you can find all the stuff. Like, there's plenty of arcades and game stores and shit like that uh, without, like, yeah, the, the travel. And there's still big cameras and Yodobashis and all that kind of shit everywhere else throughout Japan. It's not like they're only there. There's just... Hmm. They're very close to one another. But I found that, like, it, well, I spent so much fucking time walking... Like everywhere, I was doing like twenty thousand plus steps a day. Yeah, easy, easy. I blew out a pair of shoes. <laughs> I got like blisters on my blisters. Uh, yeah, I had to like buy band aids, uh, like blister band aids, just to protect my fucked up feet because I fucked them up walking so much. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, food. Obviously, the food's amazing. Um, like, spectacular. We did some of the touristy shit. Uh, by the end of it, we'd, we'd sort of worked out that you could basically save yourself a shit ton of money uh, by going to the places that uh, are not touristy. Yep. But um, the, the rub there is that, uh, yeah, you have to put up with people smoking. 
Mm. So, uh, it does seem like it's a really expensive place to be, uh, and we spent a fuck ton of money, but you can like really find cheap places to eat if you just search a bit. Uh, there were like you could sort of by the my my like gut feel by the end was that if there was a line of like touristy looking people you're probably going to find like good food like uh good on TripAdvisor or on google maps or whatever the fuck and probably have like five stars and whatever hmm. uh but if you saw a line and it was japanese people that was probably going to be both good and cheap and that was yeah so i went to a couple of ramen places uh, based on that principle and they were fucking amazing like ridiculous uh, crazy yeah, it's a, you weren't like you ordered fire vending machine at the front uh, you put your money in and you picked what ramen you wanted and stuff like that and, uh, a couple of times that was a pain in the dick because they didn't have pictures basically if, if it had a picture of the food then I could work it out but if it didn't, then because I just matched the symbols of what it was called yeah, on right. the menu to the symbols on the vending machine. But if it didn't have pictures of the food, I had no fucking So I had to go somewhere else. Um, yeah, that was. But that was my that was my big big tip. Is yeah, lines to Japanese people generally mean like good and cheap, and you like proper fucking cheap, like. Uh, for like dinner for dinner with a beer for like 15 bucks tops and spectacular like massive meal and uh, okay okay beer but um yeah like fucking cool man uh everywhere else you're like 30 bucks minimum um so yeah that was that was food uh best thing I ate was a pork ramen uh they put bits of it had black garlic oil which i love but it had bits of crackling on the top and it was so fucking good that i've literally been thinking about it every day ever since i had it respect um i i can't i'm like i cannot fathom why we haven't seen that before but yeah it's crazy crazy good mm. um then what else we did? We went to Disney Sea, which is uh, there's two Disneylands in Tokyo. There's Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, and Disney Sea is um, like a offshoot. It's hmm. like not a legit Disneyland. I think it's like licensed or something. Yeah, they have their own fucking like hero bears and shit. Um, instead of Mickey Mouse and stuff being the king uh, they got a bear and uh, yeah Disney Sea was shit uh, I was not a fan I would not recommend going to it um, unless you're like Disney obsessed uh, in that case perhaps but even then not really uh, the rides were garbage and yeah except for the Tower of Terror they had Tower of Terror it was very fucking entertaining. Um, I was there with... So my wife doesn't like falling. She's very afraid of falling. Mm. And uh, one of her friends was in Japan at the same time that we were. And so 
we went to all the same shit basically a lot of the same shit and um yeah so she uh is terribly afraid of heights and uh, it was supremely entertaining uh doing those rides with her uh with those two but um yeah wouldn't wouldn't recommend disney c uh i did get a photo with daisy uh as in daisy duck right uh, donald's girlfriend i guess yeah uh which got a bit real so uh, i was getting the photo like all three of us were getting the photo uh, i don't know why um but uh yeah daisy grabbed both of my hands <laughs> right and pulled me down and uh yeah it was a bit uncomfortable i felt like i was in a compromising position uh she had really strong hands she was tiny as well <laughs> Um, all right, so that, that was Disney Sea. I wouldn't recommend it. The next day we went to Fuji Q Highland. And uh, if you are in, uh, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, go to Fuji Q. It's like a two hour bus ride, which is a pain in the dick. And you gotta get up pretty early to get to it, which is also a pain in the dick. Um, I very much recommend buying some food on like from 7 Eleven. Uh, before you get on the bus because you won't eat for fucking ages if you don't. Because uh, even once the park is open, none of the fucking food stalls and shit open till 11, two hours after park open. Uh, but yeah, it's got fucking amazing rides, like sick, sickest fucking rides. Um, I'm talking like fucking a roller coaster that drags you up fucking I think 25 meters or some shit and then drops you at a 120 degree uh, angle it's the steepest roller coaster on the planet I think or it was at some point had a big Guinness Book of Records sign Uh, another one that throws you out like at some ridiculous speed uh, like zero to 180 or something in fucking two seconds or some shit. So you just get fucking super G force. Uh, another spectacular one that drags you backwards through it and then flips you around and it spins you so many times that I got off it and was dizzy as fuck. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's the best. And there was a neon Genesis Evangelion exhibit. Uh, which I went into for a laugh and it was actually pretty sick. Uh, this like massive life-sized replica of the, of a head of, uh, one of the Evas. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, well, so that, that was that, that was, uh, Universal Studios Japan. So, uh, yeah, when we went to Osaka, we went to Universal Studios Japan. Been there? Uh, you have? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, it was interesting. Because, like, everything, all the Mosa rides are in Japanese, so. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, all of the rides were in Japanese. Yeah, all of them. Uh, uh, I think I, I talked to you about this before, like, going and seeing, like, the Spider-Man ride. <laughs> yeah. Or the Terminator thing. Did you see yeah. that? Uh I went and the fast fast line was like four times longer than the um, the non fast fast line, 
and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I I don't care that much. Yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't go in because so I figured, yeah, I, yeah, like you said, it was going to be all in Japanese. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to get anything out of it. Yeah, um, the Jaws ride was all in Japanese. Oh, I didn't uh, do the Jaws one. Yeah. Oh, or it is it on a boat? Yep. Okay. No, I didn't do that. Yeah. Oh shit! Uh, but was the, had... the shark speaking Japanese? No, oh. sadly. Um, they had the Jurassic Park. Oh, flying yeah? pterodactyl. Went to oh, what was it? Flying pterodactyl, flying pterodon. Right. Okay. You get like it's the first fucking roller coaster I've ever been on that straps your fucking feet in. Okay. And uh, it like you're sitting there, and then it straps your feet in, and then it raises you to be horizontal with the ground, and then it flings you around the fucking stuff. It is that was pretty fucking awesome. That was if I hadn't done Fuji Fuji Q, those mm. like that might be like the best roller coaster I've ever, ever fucking been on. But Q smashed it. So, um, yeah, it was good. Did that they have good. the normal Jurassic Park right there? Yeah, they did. They okay. didn't go on it. You didn't go on that. The, okay. The big splash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to get splashed. Um, I, I didn't want to walk. You don't get that wet. Don't you? No, nah, I went on that. Ah, uh, people walked off it and were literally drenched, head to toe. Like, these two chicks uh, walked off and, like, a family of four were wearing raincoats. Hmm. And the chicks did not have raincoats on and they were... They might have actually fallen in. You got to know where to sit. Flat. You got to watch other people, um, see who gets the most wet, and then you sit. Right. You sit elsewhere. Right. It's good thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I yeah I don't know. It was okay. I'm glad we got the fast pass, and I'm glad we did. Uh, I'd only get the four person the four ride fast pass. Um, that gets you. I wouldn't get the seven one because most of them are all in Japanese and it's a bit pointless. Um, yeah, the four one. Like the there were two rides that were worth it. There was the fucking Harry Potter one, uh, which is like this weird mixture of uh, like virtual ride. You know how they do like yeah forty screenings and shit. Yeah, yeah. This was on a rail so it took you on a track and it took you places but it also took you through these like like screens and shit yeah so that's that you... like the spider-man ones like that oh is it yeah i didn't do this one all right uh because i think on the you had to choose between one or the other and i think i picked dumbly i can't remember <laughs> what i picked but it was a dumb choice uh-huh Oh, Jaws. Right. I think Jaws and Spider-Man were on the... Yeah, the fucking... You pick one or the other. Um, yeah, so... It was fucking... It was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, it was all in Japanese, but I didn't, didn't really matter. It was still cool. And, yeah. The fucking Jurassic Park one. Totally loved it. Um, it was cool. Yeah, wandering around and stuff. Um, there was a uh, Shrek and Fiona. And... Um, it's pretty good. So that's a 4D one as well. Oh, the, oh, no, the one with just... the smells and shit. No, this this was just um, the like 
they walk around the park and stuff. Oh, right. The actors. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were, uh, my wife, her name's Fiona. She's got red hair. She's very keen to tell Fiona that. Hmm. And uh, they that were go? stoked. Okay. They were thrilled at the idea because uh, <laughs> the Fiona was an American chick. Ah, okay. Uh, she was bossy as fuck. You should have seen, like, there was a line, a clear line of uh, the, you know, people who understood basic politeness. And there were a bunch of people who just fucking swarm anytime they could uh, as soon as she was finished with like taking a photo of someone or as soon as Shrek was finished and uh, like the amount of time she was like no there's a line go line up I'm like holy shit lady fucking you're not mucking around <laughs> she's sick of everyone's shit yeah clearly uh, and yeah she made everyone clap because there were two Shreks and two Fionas oh yeah, so I was a Shrek. Apparently, thanks for nothing, lady. Um, that was cool. What else was there? We went to the fucking Osaka Aquarium. Yeah, that shit is amazing. Holy fuck, that was the best. That was so cool. I 100% recommend it. At Legoland next door. Um, but yeah, there was like there's whale sharks in there. There's hammerheads. There's fucking, um, seals and dolphins. They're not in the same tank as the shark and the whale shot um yeah but yeah it was fucking awesome that was really cool um what else what else what else I found the fucking table flipping game uh, okay don't know what that is you don't know what the table flipping game is seriously no there's this arcade game where uh you are uh, you play this uh ornery Japanese businessman who uh eventually gets angry enough to uh, to smash the table and then flip it at everyone, and uh, it basically plays out like uh, like burnout. You know the crash mode in burnout, yeah, where you get more points based on how much destruction you rain upon the scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, it basically plays out exactly like that, where you flip the table and you want to destroy as much shit as possible. Right. And uh, it's got a bunch of different scenarios and stuff. Uh, I played it where I was a priest who was annoyed at um, people being impolite at a funeral. So eventually I flipped the coffin at everyone. Uh, it was fucking spectacular. Um, what else? There was a, an old a lady who was grumpy because the boy band was doing the wrong moves while they're dancing or something. I don't know. I really understand that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was spectacular. I was so stoked. I'd seen it for fucking ages. And one of my, like, key goals for uh, my Japan trip was to find this fucking game and play it. And I actually managed to do it, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, I found it in a, no, Kyoto. Uh, in this, like, it was in an arcade. So I basically went into every arcade I saw. I did not play any pachinko because uh, those reek cigarette smoke. Uh, they reek like 100 meters around them reeks of cigarette smoke it's gross uh, but yeah I uh, I went into every arcade I could find and um, yeah this one I found in Kyoto was literally 99% photo booths 
like you know those sticker photos like you take four photos and yeah. you get stickers with yeah and this was basically an arcade dedicated to only that uh and there were just there was like a hundred girls in there and there was literally like benches with mirrors and like makeup mirrors and like lighting and costumes and all this shit so that girls could take the best possible sticker photo that they could in one of these photo things which was staggering to me uh, I was I, I was like I'm, I'm gonna do this just to see what it's about but the lines were un, undoable uh, but anyway so I was like wandering around uh, like marveling at this place uh, this literally just a fucking place to take photos and uh, right tucked in the fucking corner behind this uh, exit door that didn't work uh, that you couldn't exit out of because it was blocked on the other side like a fire exit uh, was the fucking table flip game because I played it and then I'm like well I'm just going to go out of the exit because you know why why would I walk all the way through this place again Mm. Uh, and then yeah um, couldn't because it was blocked it was crazy um, so yeah, I had to do a bit of searching to find that one. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I was happy to find it. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably about eight from highlights from Japan. I mean, it was just a shit ton of eating food, walking places and yeah. checking shit out and calling when people were surreptitious, surreptitiously taking photos of of my wife and uh, mm. they thought it wasn't aware right you didn't get any photos uh no oh yeah no there we go fuck um yeah it was good though it was awesome uh I'd definitely go back um yeah apparently the uh rugby world cup's next year so hey hey right <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was there was there was one other thing. <laughs> yep. I just remembered. Uh and that's that uh being back home has made me feel really short. Cuz over there I was always way taller yeah. than almost everyone. And now I am routinely not again and it's just So I'm average height. I'm flat average. I am the global average height. Yeah. What's that? Five for four? Fuck off, mate. Um, and so I'm used to not being tall, uh, but you know it was cool being tall. Hmm. It was it was good. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Oh, the other thing is we did like these two food tours, and I reckon that's that shit's genius. Like if I I don't think I'd need to. I would do one for Kyoto or if I went to a new city um, in Japan, like if I were to go to Hiroshima or whatever, then I'd probably do one again, but I, w- I wouldn't do one in Tokyo or Osaka again. Um, but if you haven't been to Japan, those, that, that is, it's like, it's not worth it for the food, I guess necessarily. Like definitely, Definitely got a decent amount of food, but like you, you're paying quite like 
I'd say you're paying double what you'd normally pay if you were just base it on the amount of food you get alone. But the like, just the basic knowledge about the city and and the ability to find shit that you wouldn't necessarily find. And they're all like, both of them were like three hours long, and they took us to like crazy out of the way places and got us to try some whack whack shit. Hmm. Yeah, it was just really fucking good. Um, it definitely felt like if I'd done it at the start of the trip, I would have been better equipped for the rest of my trip because I'd have a better idea of like what all this food is. Yeah, yeah, like, but not just food, like customs and like we went to like they explained the details on how to properly use the fucking ramen vending machine and shit and apparently i'd been doing it wrong and stuff like that and yeah it was cool it was really good uh, so i definitely recommend checking those that shit out or you know if you know someone who fucking knows japanese and shit and take advantage of them instead i suppose but yeah <clears throat> Yeah, it was good. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, I would absolutely go again. 100%. Cool. Uh, not in summer. Winter next time, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he'll like, <laughs> just spring or some shit. I don't know. Something just like normal. Garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It was cool. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. Bought- oh, yeah. I forgot to say uh, I went to the Yamazaki distillery. And uh, it was spectacular. It was the best fucking thing I've ever done. Uh, if, if I, I genuinely think if I lived in Osaka, I would be there every weekend. I think that they don't serve food, which is probably the worst thing about it. And I think the reason they don't serve food is because it would be a local for people if they serve food. The only reason you like can't stay there the entire time and just get pissed drunk on high quality Japanese whiskey is because you need food at some point or else you're done. Hmm. It's awesome. Uh, it was like three bucks for a like a full drink of some of the best whiskeys in the world. Uh, and you can ramp it up as well uh, to like truly ludicrous shit. I drank, it was, uh, I remember... We had some 25-year-old... We were at Tokyo Bird, uh, which is a Japanese whiskey bar in Sydney. Mm-hmm. We were there, and we had a, a flight, a $300 flight of their best whiskeys. And I paid $15 for one of the whiskeys that they were serving in that flight, the 25-year-old uh, Hakushu, I think it was. Um, yeah. You could you could legit spend fuck all drinking the best whiskey in the world, and I'd probably do it every week if I lived over there. Yeah. Sure. It was seriously a 15-minute train out of Osaka, and it's a five-minute walk from the train station and it's free entry and then you pay for the drinks that you're having and that's it spectacular um and like the other thing is like because of fucking general shortages a whole bunch of the drinks you can't even buy anymore 
they weren't selling a whole bunch of stuff except as tasters. Uh, you can only get like the Yamazaki and uh, Hakushu and stuff as a taster. You can't buy the bottles basically anywhere. And I fucking looked. I went into literally every liquor store I saw to buy the really good Japanese whiskey and I could not find it. The Jap- like the really, really good, rather. I did buy a bunch of Japanese whiskey. Um, and you could find it in stores for crazy cheap, like ludicrously cheap, like a third of what you'd pay over here. And so I bought a bunch, which is cool. And I'm drinking some now. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like fun. It was awesome. Did you get a chance to play any games on the plane? No. No, after all these questions we get about game planes, you just... I know. You botched it. I botched it. Uh, I didn't have space for a controller, so... No mobile games? Oh, yeah. I finished, um, whatchamacallit, Burrito Bison. Oh, right. There's an end to that, is there? Uh, Well, essentially. If you get the 60 recipe pieces and you trade it in for the infinite buff, Mm. uh, then you basically ruin the game for yourself. So, uh, because now, instead of after a rift, my buffs being reset, uh, they just stay. And so once I get, once I do a full time travel reset, I'm now able to start with enough money to immediately bust through to the end. Uh, to the like rift and then every single fling will take me through the cake wall at the end of a rift until basically about 40 40 rifts yeah uh, and then suddenly I need to st- like I slow down and so I make so much money that I had just have everything maxed out at all times and so yeah it's basically run the game for me nice uh, but I did. Or there's a. There's a. Yeah, I earned that other. Um, the other, like launcher, guy. The other launch wrestler. Right. The, okay. The fourth one. Ah. He's got the powers of all three of the others. Okay. And I have uh, another ability where I'm able to, uh, basically choose which launcher I use at any time. Right. How does so that work? Is there a button on the screen or something? Uh, you, you tap the, the, I think the launcher bar at the top or whatever the fuck. Okay. And yeah, so that's about it. I got all the recipes. Uh, I'm yeah. Basically You're done. Best. I'm done. And you didn't spend any money. Yeah, we talked about this. So oh, I'm you threw some rid of ads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because. Yeah, fair enough. Do you yep. so you, you get the the pinatas still? Yeah, you just don't have yeah, to watch that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. Yep, uh, but that's it. I didn't play any other games. That's right. Um, did you get the crew too yet? Did no. you get a copy? No. No. I talked about it a little bit last week. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. It's not spectacular. Um, there's still a lot of problems with it, I feel like. Really. Uh, I played a little bit more of it over the last week. Not a lot. I, I think I'm pretty done with it, unless some other people get it and we end up jumping in with you guys or something like that. Oh, okay. um, yeah, basically, like, 
my biggest gripe with it is it just doesn't feel like a, a racing game um mainly because i think it's got a horrible catch-up system or just kind of the way yeah. that it, it manages that um and i spoke about it last week where it feels like if you like if i crash into a wall or something or miss a corner and i end up you know at the back of the pack it's not it doesn't take me that long to get back in front it's i'm usually only like two or three seconds behind and and i can pretty quickly get back in first place but from there it seems like i can't do much to get much distance from the person that's in second they always seem to be like two seconds behind me or one second behind me it just doesn't seem like no matter how good i am doing at the actual racing part or how bad i'm doing at that part they're always just a short distance behind me um so it just doesn't feel like that racing aspect is there it's just i'm going for the sake of it whereas yeah. you play games like forza or gran turismo and every corner really counts and the distance that you you know the cor- the way that you take those corners really matter and it means you're gaining further and further away or or, or further and further back from these guys um yeah so yeah it just doesn't f- it feels like it's cheating um like i'll be if I'm next to somebody and I'm boosting the shit out of my car, it seems like they're like I'm not moving quick enough. You can see my my speedo going ridiculously high and out of the you know off the chart, but the car next to me is still somehow keeping up, <laughs> even though you can see them not boosting. Like all of a sudden, oh now they're just for some reason really close. Um, so yeah, I think that they've yeah that that part of the game is not done very well. Um, and the other thing I, I'm not sure on is, like, they've created this enormous environment, this USA that you drive around in, but you never actually go from, like, one place to another. It's just all, all the all, all the um, the sort of races that I've done are, are pretty contained. Uh, there was one race that I've, I completed, which was on a Harley-Davidson, which took me from Las Vegas up into some, um, across the desert and then up into some mountains. And that was the only race that I've done where it feels like I've ventured out from a city into another area of this this world. Um, whereas all the other races are pretty pretty either so, like based in circuits around a small area or um, or just like from like a starting location to another, but it's not really that far. It's only four or five minutes away, and it still feels like you're in that same sort of rough area um it's not like i'm driving from i don't know san francisco to la oh i haven't seen anything like that yet yeah. uh, and i've i've played a lot of the game like i'm I've, a lot of hours into it um so that for them to kind of create this giant open world and for me to not experience any of that apart from just driving around each area just doesn't make much sense to me um because they've got like roads that lead up until the central central america and 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 getting from different places like you can actually go and do all that and experience all that but there's no point in me actually driving from one place to another to get to the next race like it's just not it's not worth it you may as well just fast travel there kick that race off but there's there doesn't seem to be any like unless it's really fucking end game stuff um which i feel like i'm super close to it i just haven't experienced any of that yet it's just not like yeah, it, it just seems super contained so far, um, which is disappointing because I feel like they could do it, have done some cool stuff with that. 
Um, otherwise, yeah, weird. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed the variety. There's a lot of variety there. Um, I, I think the loot system's really cool. It's a cool idea, but again, I don't feel like I am. Like I'm adding all these pieces to my car. I'm getting like epic fucking racing tires, and it's a level four hundred and twenty tire. Um, and I, or you know, eight other parts to my car, and I've upgraded it, and it's like triple where it used to be in terms of uh, its rating, this car rating. But I don't feel like the car is getting any faster, or I don't feel like the people that are in my race are getting any slower. Um, yeah. Like you get a a rating every time you join a race, and it's like it's recommended that your car is this level, and you know it might be 120, and I'm in like a car that's doing 280, and I feel like the cars that I'm racing against, again, that catch up system is still there. Like it doesn't affect any yeah. of that, uh, which is weird. It's like why well, why should I why should I even be in a car that's recommended to be this? And and I've had races where it's been like, it's recommended you be level 80 and I'm like a level 70 or something because it's a brand new, um, I don't know, I'm in a fucking monster truck or something stupid like that or, or a, a motorbike. Uh, and I, I still even at that point, like I'm not at the recommended level, but I, I don't feel like it's challenging or uh, it's affecting me at all. Um, whereas in a game like Gran Turismo, if you don't have that, actual rating of where you should be like the correct spec car you get smashed by all the other cars because they're actually um they're more powerful than your car or they're uh, um the ai is harder or that that sort of thing so yeah yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of work i feel like they've got in that game I, i think it's a good step in the right direction but um yeah when they're chasing after games like forza um which are sort of the pinnacle now in terms of racing games on consoles Mm. Um, for that type of genre, then yeah, they've got they got a ways to go. Um, but I, I appreciate that they've tried to do something a little bit different, and you know, you can go in there and do stupid things with like motorbikes and monster trucks and and airplanes and speedboats because um, that some of that stuff is really fun to go in and do. It's just yeah. it hasn't really come together all that great. So yeah. I think it's fine. It's it's fine. It's just I felt like I w- expected more from it from what I played, um, and that was kind of hard because we played it. We played in a previous session for like three hours, but we were racing against each other most of the yeah. time. Um, and the other thing that I I brought up last week was that I think it just does a bad job of sort of guiding you to where you should be going in the race. Like it's really hard to understand where I should be driving, uh, and I feel like I'm constantly looking at the map all the time to figure out where I'm turning. Um, and the map doesn't do a great visually. It's not. It doesn't do a great um, sort of indicator of where I'm going next because the colors between the road and the actual, um, like the the road on the map and the actual like racing line is pretty similar. It's like gray and light blue. Um, and then it also doesn't show you really that far ahead of you. It's kind of the next checkpoint. So there might be a a checkpoint in front of you but then you've got to turn a corner and by the time you hit that checkpoint it's kind of like the next part of the map sort of lights up you're like oh shit i've got to turn here and it's too late by then just like weird decisions like that um so yeah it's got a little bit of work but uh it's fine it's okay a little disappointed but whatever yeah um 
The other game I jumped back into is Vampire. I talked about this before E3. Um, there was, there was, I guess, a bit of buzz around it. Like, I'd heard things about that game. Um, and uh, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as a lot of other people um now that i've read up on it and sort of gotten other people's opinions the um like there's a lot of story in there it's basically a game where you turned into a vampire um and your sister is is killed and it's set in like the where did we decide was it like the 1920s 1930s yeah somewhere around that um in london and you were a doctor who's like sort of come back from the war and uh yeah you get turned into a vampire and the and there's like this outbreak that's sort of taken place in London and you're uh, trying to figure out who turned you into a vampire that sort of sort of stuff and there's this whole there's a lot of story involved there's tons and tons of story um, and basically the game revolves around this mechanic of there's all these characters in this world and um, you go around and do missions for them and as you do missions you sort of unlock hints for them um, and that levels up their sort of experience and then if you want to, once you've um, either unlocked everything they can, you can kill these people. And then that gives you a huge boost in your experience, um, which allows you to get more uh, abilities or, uh, you know, you can upgrade your health and your stamina. Um, there's like four, I think there's like four different sort of abilities you can have at one given time. And then there's like an ult, sorry, three abilities and I think an ultimate. One, two, three, four. Four abilities and an ultimate. Um, so yeah, there's like kind of a bit of variation you can do there, but the idea is that if you go through the game without killing people, it makes it harder for you. Um, because you've, you've, uh, you're not getting as much experience. But at the same time, if you do kill people, it can, and you do it in the wrong order, it can kind of block off certain missions as well because sometimes people are tied to each other. Um, right. And as an example, because last time I spoke about this game, I hadn't really touched on that mechanic much at all. Yeah. Um, so it's super heavily focused as an RPG. So uh, I I ended up in one district where this lady was... Um, she, basically, I didn't kill a lot of people, maybe like three people, three or four people. And it was only people that I thought were giant assholes, like giant douchebags. And this lady was a, um, she was like a saleswoman who was selling like fraud, like pretend medicine. <laughs> um, and, and like, oh, he, he kind of put it the way of it being like a placebo effect and saying, you're not really selling the medicine. It's, pretty much just lolly water um and and she sorry she was saying like oh well it's a placebo thing people make you know they think they're getting better and it helps them uh maybe makes them better and that sort of thing and i was just like fuck you lady you're like taking people's money and so i killed her um basically killed her and then it turns out she's looking after this blind man um <laughs> who uh, is off living in another area of this world and he ends up dying because she doesn't end up coming back um, to look after him and so he dies and then that kind of quest line sort of crosses out and I can't do that part anymore I go back to his place and he's now a vampire because um, people broke into his house and whatever so it's yeah. it's that kind of thing that's going on um, in the game and uh, yeah it's all right like there's i think it's super heavily story focused there's tons and tons of story like you spend a lot of time talking to people and sort of getting an idea about who they are what they do and trying to solve their 
sort of problems or their little missions that they've got. Um, and the rest of it is pretty ordinary combat. Um, right. It's, yeah, pretty, pretty ordinary. <laughs> Once you get to a point in the game where you've leveled up, um, like, even though I was playing the game as someone who wasn't going around killing people, I felt pretty overpowered at a point. Um, yep. You're always sort of going around to different districts and the game pretty much levels up alongside you from what I understand. That's what it felt like. And everybody's always five or six levels above you. But yep. even then, it doesn't feel ch- too challenging. Like, I think I only died maybe less than half a dozen times throughout the entire game. And I played quite a uh quite a lot of it i played 25 hours all up um so yeah it didn't feel too challenging even though i was not oh this overpowered vampire uh but at the same time like it's an interesting world um and they've got some cool stuff going for it i don't know if i'd recommend it for everybody it's 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 kind of it's in this weird spot where like the first remember the first witcher when that kind of came out it was fine like it was pretty average and the second one came along and they kind of sort of built that up and that lore and and fixed the game a bit and then we got to a space stage where like witcher 3 was this amazing game like i feel like this is kind of at that stage of sort of at the witcher one where they've got this cool idea and they've got this cool world and they're sort of building upon that and maybe in the second one they'll they'll come around and and put things together a bit more maybe it'll have better combat and that sort of thing um so yeah it's an interesting first game i think um i just uh i just wish it had better combat and um and that would probably make it a bit more interesting and like the story stuff is is fine it's not it's nothing spectacular like it's not on the same level as the witcher stuff at all um so yeah it's 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 an okay game i can understand why it was getting a lot of sevens and that sort of thing like it feels like a seven or six game to me yeah okay yeah um so i don't i don't think i'd recommend it to you at all because it's got two things that you don't like like a lot of story and story that is not spectacular uh and a combat system that's not great yeah yeah i was actually i put it on my wish wish list after you talked about it last time and i'll probably drop it off this (laughs) yeah like once you start getting in the swing of things with the combat it's it's interesting like putting all these um like combos together because you're basically stunning people um you're collecting blood from them in order to like once they get stunned then you collect blood and then that allows you to use abilities um and certain abilities cost different amounts of blood and just like sort of figuring out how you do that and you can't stun like once you stun somebody then it takes you longer for them to for the next time for them to be stunned. It kind of builds up over time, so you can't just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again. So maybe you've got to switch to a different type of a different enemy that's around you, and then like if you're out of blood to use your abilities, and all right, go for this guy instead, and then yeah, it's just a sort of thing where you've got to um, plan your attack a bit better once you get further into the game. But at that stage, you've pretty much solved the the problem of how combat works, and it's not that difficult. Um, so yeah I don't know it's fine it's a fine game I, I feel like this all the three games I'm going to be talking about today are all fine <laughs> yeah yeah um, the other one I've been playing is Jurassic World Evolution I went and saw Jurassic World 
Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you gave them money. So you're the problem. I'm the problem. Yeah, you didn't like that first one, eh? Fuck no. Because I'm a fucking rational human being. Yeah. I thought it was a bit dumb. Yeah. <laughs> this second one is also a bit dumb. Um, but they, uh, I think they did, like, the director's done a way better job than the other guy. Like, it feels like, it, like, it's shot better. There's better action scenes. Um, the, uh, like, the acting in terms of the character stuff is a lot better. But just, like, the way, um, like, the visual, the way that the film shot visually is, like, so much better than that other film. Because um, I think he was an indie director at that stage. And he'd only done, like, a couple of films, right? Um, yeah. So, this one feels like a director that's got, like, a bit more of a visual style to it. Anyway, it's there's there's some stupid shit that happens in that movie, uh, and also I don't know if it's a spoiler, but the whole <clears throat> I saw Jeff Goblin doing a lot of promo for this fucking film. Yeah, he's not even he's he's in Jurassic World Evolution more than he is in the fucking this wow. movie. Um, he doesn't even act with anybody. Like he must be in it for forty seconds, I think. Jeez, stupid. Yeah. It was just like this Jeff Goblin. We needed like. I don't... Did they need to throw money at him for people to be like, oh, yeah, they need to go see this film? Um, like, that first one made a fuckload of money, right? I believe it did. It's yeah. just a weird decision. I feel like if you're going to have him in it, he needs to be, like, a centerpiece of that film. Well, I feel like if I well, were Jeff Because Jeff Goldblum's been pretty good at picking, like, films, I think, generally. Independence Day 2? But he was barely in that one too, right? So. No, he was... <laughs> I didn't watch it. He, he was definitely in that film. Oh, well. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, then never mind. Uh, like, I definitely feel like he's doing shit for the paycheck, right? Like, he's on his advertising menu log and shit, so... Yeah, yeah. Dude's, dude's cashing in. <laughs> dude's just giving up. He's like, fuck it. I'll do whatever you want. Um... <laughs> So yeah, Jurassic World Evolution is a uh, is a game made by the Planet Coaster crew. Um, it's and it's basically a you you're building a dinosaur park or on on the islands of Jurassic the Jurassic World universe. So there's what there's could a, go wrong? Yeah, there's a bunch of islands that you sort of take control of, um, and you start off with like one island, and there's a, there's missions in there. Uh, there's sort of like three divisions. There's like a science division security and entertainment um and each one of them sort of want their own uh want their own sort of tasks to be completed and as you complete them then you get you get more rewards and uh yeah sort of allows you to progress through the game once you get to a certain point on that first island it's like all right now you can go to the second island and then they've got more missions and it's like a different scenario it sort of starts off with teaching you the basics of the game um there's like a little out sort of outpost it's already set up and then it wants you to do like all right now set up um you know a a new cage here and put a bunch of these types of dinosaurs in there you need to go research this stuff and you basically send like you you basically send like people out in expeditions they collect fossils um and it's like a, a a map of the world and they bring back fossils and then you extract the dna from them and um, that allows you to create dinosaurs. Once you get to a point of like 50, 50% extraction, that's sort of the mark where it's like, all right, you can start making these dinosaurs happen now. Um, 
And then you can keep going out and extracting the same types of fossils and it keeps right. adding to that sort of the DNA to it, the, the DNA strand, and it keeps going up in a percentage. And the, the idea is you want to get to it uh, to 100% um, because from there you, you can also research components um, for dinosaurs. So, you know, in the, like the film, it's like we spliced them with frogs yeah. and that caused the whole fucking problem to happen. Um, this is that same sort of thing. So, it's like, oh, you splice them with sharks now and they've got a higher defense rating or uh, a crow. <laughs> it's uh, It's got a higher lifespan now. Um, so, you're doing a bunch of that shit and as you start adding these extra DNA strands to them, it sort of brings down the... Um, the chance of success for these dinosaurs to hatch. And so now you're like, you've got a 70% chance of uh, hatching this dinosaur. But as you keep adding these extra features to it, like uh, maybe you want it to be a fucking beast and it's going to have higher defense rating and higher attack. Um, so you splice these other animals with it and it brings down that uh, that chance of success. Um, so you want it the high success. So you keep sending these expeditions out and whatnot. Um, that's kind of the main focus of the game. And, uh, yeah, and then so from there you hatch these dinosaurs. There's kind of, uh, different types in there. There's obviously your, your dinosaurs that eat all the plants and whatnots. And then the ones that are like meat eaters. And they're kind of, you've got to kind of keep them separate, obviously. Otherwise they fuck each other up. The plant dudes, um, are pretty fine together. Uh, you can kind of just chuck them all in a pen and off they go. Uh, there are like 15, maybe 10, between 10 and 15 different types of stats, e- stats that each dinosaur has. There's things like um, uh, grassland, forest, water, food, social, uh, resilience, population. Um, and each dinosaur has kind of like a sweet spot where if, uh, if you're going under that spot into like the red area, then they start getting uncomfortable and they can start trying to break out of their cages or hurt other dinosaurs and sort of run wild. So um, you've kind of you've got to balance a lot of these things. So if you get to a point where there's too many dinosaurs in one location, they can start freaking out. Or if there's not enough um, grass uh, grassland in there or forest area, then they can start freaking out. But the idea is that some of them. Um, like that sweet spot is different on all these dinosaurs. So you've really got to balance them in terms of like what dinosaurs you put in this uh, enclosure and and, uh, and then what you've got in that enclosure as well. Because um, if they're not balanced properly, then things start getting upset. Um, and you can have dinosaurs like get sick and they'll die. And sometimes that will unbalance things because if there's not enough of the same population of those dinosaurs in there and... Uh, you're not keeping an eye on who's dying and whatnot, then they can also get upset about that. So that's about micromanaging all these different stats that, that's kind of on there. Um, and then if you don't, that's when they break out and they cause havoc and whatnot. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of start off with this basic sort of island thing and it's like giving you missions and tasks and whatnot. Um, there are like restaurants that you can build and gift shops. Um uh, I talked about sort of the research stuff. There's power management in there um, and sort of like creating, making sure that you've got each building has power. Um, there are different types of like enclosures that you can create. Um, each enclosure has different types of fences. There's like uh, like really basic sort of shithouse fence that you'll see in a farm. There are electrical fences. There's uh, heavy duty fences. Um, 
There are ranges that you can send out and complete tasks. So uh, feeders need to be refilled or um, you need to go heal sick dinosaurs. So you send these guys out on tasks um, to sort of do things. They can also take photos as well. You can actually drive around with these guys. You, d- you don't actually um, have to control them manually. You can sort of, sort of just set them on a task and they'll go and do it themselves. Or you can just take control manually, drive around the park and take photos if you want to. Or even uh, tranquilize dinosaurs um, or heal them. Like You can do that stuff if you want to, but generally it's they're pretty cool to be left alone. Um, right. So yeah, you, you're kind of just doing all these tasks and whatnot and then you start unlocking more and more islands. So I'm up to the second island at the moment, even though I've unlocked more than that, because um, the second island is basically like where a bunch of storms happen. And there is like a storm defense system that you can build, uh, which covers like a certain area, um, like a radius. And you need to plop these around your islands. And if you do that successfully, the idea is that uh, the storm is not going to create havoc um on your your buildings or your enclosures um because what you don't want is for for the power to go out or you don't want uh, a fence to be broken um but i'll yeah i'll talk about that a bit later on but yeah that's kind of like the gimmick of the second island is that there's these wild storms that happen and you got to manage them um so yeah the uh basically what happens from there is you you start building the second island and uh what i've come to realize is that the storm problem is it doesn't matter (laughs) for some reason like these defense storm generators that you build it has no effect on this island at all um from what i've read on the internet it's like this it's just this gimmicky thing where on the other islands it actually works properly but this second island um it doesn't it doesn't matter how many of them you build. It just doesn't work. You're always going to have storm problems that break shit in, in there, which doesn't right. make much sense to me because no. the idea of this island is to teach you this mechanic and for it not to work, it just yeah. doesn't make much sense. Um, so you build all these storm generators. It doesn't fucking matter. Shit just breaks all the time during these storms. And um, so I, I had like, I set up uh, two pens. I set up like a herbivore pen pen bunch of fucking like 15 20 dinosaurs in there next to them had some carnivores and then i built a third one and i had like six or seven velociraptors in there and the um the, yeah the velociraptors kept breaking out during these storms the, the, they just kept going bonkers man and um and there's like a like a safety building that you can build like shelters and you yep. set the alarm off and all the people go running for these shelters and that's kind of the best way that I've found to avoid people dying <laughs> in the game is just as soon as a storm comes, hit that fucking shelter button, get everyone in the shelter, and then um, shit breaks, fences break, dinosaurs get out, but they can't do anything because no people around. And then I send out my guys to tranquilize everybody, transport nice. them back in the pan, fix the, the fences, and off you go. Um, so I think that second island... I was having a lot of fun with it until I started building these velociraptors and then they just kept getting out and I couldn't figure out what was going on because and then I read up that like oh it doesn't matter about the storm defense system because it doesn't actually work on that second line it only works on the other islands um so yeah kind of stupid um there's like a lot I, I was having fun with it but I've gotten to the point now where I feel like I've got the game like I understand how it works there's not a lot of buildings in the game there's 
really a small amount. Um, the only real variety is in the dinosaurs and sort of managing like what's in a location and sort of what you can put together and what you can't. Um, so there is a huge variety there, but otherwise there's not really much else that's happening around that part of the game. Um, the other thing that's really frustrating is you're on this island and the sort of topography of it or the sort of the layout is there's lots of hills and um, it's uneven. Um, there's forests everywhere. And the building mechanic of getting like a, a building to lay flat on some of this stuff or even just getting it to work properly is a bit super iffy. Um, I've had a lot of problems with trying to just like i'm going to build a power plant here but it won't let me because it keeps telling me the terrain is uneven or the terrain is not buildable on and like i'll flatten it out and try and make it smooth and it's still like giving me shit about it um so that's been really frustrating i've had situations where i've built uh, enclosures and then wanting to upgrade the fences later because i've researched a new fence and it being like no nah, you can't do that the terrain is obstructed even though I've already built something on that terrain. Um, so I'm like, cool, now I can't upgrade these fences anymore. Just like little finicky things like that kind of starts to frustrate you a lot. Um, so yeah, I haven't gotten to the third island yet. I'm kind of just, I'm still, like it's telling me I can go to, I think there's I'm like two more islands after that. Um, but I haven't completed all the missions on that second island to sort of make me want to go to the next one. Um, the other thing that's really super strange is that all your, all the things you research and unlock in the game carries over to the next island, but none of your money carries over. So you're starting from scratch again. Um, which is, again, <laughs> very strange to me because, uh, as you go from one island to the, to the other, you build like a second, um, like a fossil center and that allows you to go out and, and send out people on expeditions. So the more of those that you create, the, uh, the more places that unlock on the world map. So there are things that are tied to other islands like that. Um, so th- there's like, so there is progression. Yeah. They're just There's progression apart from the money, like all the money resets. Like it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, it doesn't reset, but each island has its own like budget or its own money cap. So my first island, I've got like stupid amounts of money, like $60 million. And I go to the second island and I, I start off with like 2 million. <laughs> and I um, and it's the, this island is fucked. It's like there's fences broken. You got to repair buildings. So I spend like half of it on repairing stuff. And by the time I get it up to a point where I feel like I can start letting people into the island, I've got like no money left. Um, and now I'm at a point where I've got like forty million dollars, and I'm I'm cool. But I'll go back to island number one, and like the money I've got is completely different. Like they don't match each other, but the research that I've done and all the other things are all still connected. Um. So, yeah, that is, I guess that's, they're trying to make it challenging each time you go to the next island, but it, it should get to a point where the money sort of carries over at least, and you can go backwards and forwards between the two um, and do your own thing, because, yeah, it's just this weird decision. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, like, I feel like it's still got a bit more polish to go on that game, and um, I'm hoping they can work on it a bit more, but and sort of start releasing some more variety in terms of the buildings and whatnot. But because um, the rest of it seems interesting and, and you, like a unique sort of game to work with. But uh, 
yeah, there just doesn't seem to be too much there in terms of variety of like this is the way I want to set up my park and whatnot. Um, yeah, and with the, like all the finicky stuff with where you can build things and where you can't, it's a little frustrating. So, sounds more than a little frustrating. I yeah. mean, yeah, I'd heard like uneven things about this uh and it's the same sort of shit that i heard about planet coaster which is why i never wound up getting that so i think i, feel like- I was gonna say i think planet coaster does a piss poor job of teaching you the game right i think this does a much better job of that yeah okay. but 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 planet coaster is um that game seems really refined and like you can do so much stuff with that game whereas yeah. this is is not that at all right well just like like they they just set too high a price like an entry price for me to buy into something that i'm not sure like on like i just i don't trust um the frontier i don't trust frontier to create something that i will find interesting and compelling uh enough to look for a, like 60 buck fucking price tag which is what this shit is right like it's yeah. not cheap yeah um, uh, 50 I think it's 55 USD 55 US yeah yeah that's fucking crazy and I'm, I love fucking Jurassic Park I love dinosaurs and shit this is too much though it's too high a price for me um to yeah to maybe find out that it's not doing what I really want from a game everything you said uh yeah I'm I, again removing it from my wish list yeah um so yeah it's just it seems to be lacking the variety stuff um cause you are like just building enclosures from what I can understand on these two islands maybe it gets deeper but the thing is that you can see the stuff that you can build that's the thing um, like it shows you in the list unless there's something I'm missing but uh, like oh this is unlocked you need to build this later on so yeah it just I think I think it needed a, either a bit more time to work out some of these bugs but also just add a little bit more variety in there as well um, yeah Jeff Goblin is in there I mean they've got some pretend um, like voice actors that are trying to put on the same sort of accent as like Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, right. what's his name? Uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> but then they've got like Jeff Goblin there um, and he has a lot of dialogue. So way more than the film. Tons well, of heck. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If it, like if it goes on sale at some stage next year, <laughs> when they've yeah. fixed it up a bit might be worth checking out um there is a sandbox mode in there uh which is on the main islands i believe um i've unlocked that part as well but I, i'm sort of doing the scenarios at the moment playing through that so yeah maybe they'll fix all terrain issues and that sort of thing by the time it goes on sale and that's what i've played cool hmm uh i forgot i did actually play game on the plane i played hollow knight on switch more hollow knight yeah i played well i played it again um i just wanted to see if it was any good on switch to be honest yeah and it is really good on switch um 
I found that uh, you do when you enter doors yeah. uh, or interact with the scenery by pressing up. I found that the I don't think it's just my fucking Joy-Con, but I found that the up button got pressed quite a bit by accident. Uh, and it's not enough to make me like it's just a, a little bit annoying. Yeah, right. Probably the only only inconsistency I found between it and the PC version. Uh, it still looks gorgeous, still plays awesome. Yeah, just a tiny little fuck about that I didn't notice when I played it on PC. Um, still a really good, really good Metroidvania game. Some Dark Souls elements. Hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Nice. Yep. Cool. Um, all right. What else is on? What else is on the list? Uh, Rift Rivals. Rift Rivals. Rift Rivals Pacific uh, took place uh, over the course of this past week, uh, but I was only available. I was only able to really get to uh, the finals, which were yesterday, last night. Uh, I'm glad I went. It was awesome. Uh, so Rift Rivals, if you're not familiar, League of Legends. Um, competition where three regions or two if you're in NA um, and EU uh, three regions duking out um, and the regions are made up of the three top teams from the previous split and so uh, basically it's like uh, I'd describe it for like Street Fighter 3v3 yeah right uh, where one team plays like team A from o- o- Oceanic plays team B from Japan hmm. uh, and they probably and they won't play again um, but eventually you have this picture of uh, you know which team is has won and uh, the way they do it is the top team and then the like face off against the second team in the final. So the Japan was uh, Japan came third. Uh, team region SEA, Southeast Asia, came second. And um, yeah, OPL won. And it was like yeah, that's like that was like they were first seed going into the finals. And it was a like pretty big deal for Oceanic League of Legends because I guess we get dumped on pretty heavily because uh, our performances uh, in international competitions have traditionally been pretty weak, mm-hmm. uh, pretty disappointing. And so uh, it's very easy for cynics uh, or mean lords to, you know, just point at Australia as being kind of shit, ignoring the fact that we have a tenth of the population of NA. Or, and we're always uh, so far away. Uh, and yeah, we're we're fucking geographically fucked. Um, so yeah, it was it was a big one. Uh, the idea I've I've always really been a fan of Refrivals because it does what I think League of Legends has needed to do for a long time, which is more opportunities for low uh, stakes or lower stakes international tournaments. Um, because if the only opportunities that uh, Australia gets to play against the rest of the top of the rest of the world are mid-season invitational hmm. and um, and worlds and for a long time we didn't even get fucking mid-season invitational 
and for even longer we were only playing in like wildcard tournament for worlds so we weren't even actually going to world uh, but yeah it's it's very hard to actually grow as a region if you never actually get an opportunity to play against the best because you somehow have to independently evolve into a team that is capable of competing against the best without ever getting the opportunity to play against them and be like expecting the fucking it'd be like expecting NBL players to beat NBA players you know like just utterly unrealistic um it might happen but it's just you it, it's not smart money for a bet you know hmm. um and that then like that's not even taking into account change in metas and shit because basketball doesn't really have change in metas or it does on a much grander scale because the game has matured to a point where like changes in meta uh, as we talk about it in competitive gaming uh take place over a much longer period of time you know like you only really see specific like the 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 three-pointer you know the three-pointer um, change that has swept through the NBA, right? It didn't happen overnight. It's not like the, yeah. it's not like it happened in the space of one month. It's taken a couple of seasons. Yeah, they, they and, test things and yeah, exactly. They're doing yeah. that at the moment in summer league. They're testing new rules. They do it every year. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about the tactics teams use. Yeah, more than the rules themselves, but um. Yeah, like that. That shit happens on a fucking weekly basis in esports because none of the games are necessarily matured that far, right? Um, there was a point that I was driving at. I've gone. Oh yeah, that's yeah. So that's not even like the NBA NBL comparison doesn't even take that into account. This concept of a meta that's constantly changing and constantly being proven, uh, while you know a team, a lower tier region like Australia has to like find out about these meta changes by watching, you know, basically they can't test them themselves. They have to watch and try to analyze uh, the ins and outs and the, the pros and cons of a meta by just viewing them without actually experiencing themselves. And that's extremely tough. Meanwhile, but like with more opportunities for in, uh, international competition they can actually test themselves against the different metas and like japan has a wildly different meta to uh, southeast asia and southeast asia has a wildly different meta to oceania and so it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to actually play against teams from different regions and like you know make connections with people and uh grow your understanding of league of legends as competitive um in competitive environment. Mm-hmm. I think that Rift Rivals 2018 was hurt a little bit because Vietnam uh, was in the Southeast Asia region last year and they are no longer in that region. Uh, they've got their own region and uh, they're pretty they're pretty strong and I think it would have been really good to have uh, OPL teams face off against them again. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously. Um because they've got their own stuff now. It's a bit of a bummer, uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, like what we saw last night in the final, so it was SEA versus 
IPL uh, was really fucking good. And it was tense as fuck. Uh, it was a best of five. It was a blind draw. So basically, there were two teams that was kicking things off. Direwolves versus Mineski. Hmm. Um, and after that, teams would go back and talk and decide who would play the next game. Uh, and each team had to play once. They, each region had um, three teams, and each of those teams had to play at least once, and no team could play more than twice. And so the idea being, you know, Dials would play, and then like either Legacy or the Chiefs would have to play next. And you had no idea who was going to play next, and you had no idea how each region was going to put together... Uh, the best relay that they could that would like upset the uh the others hmm. uh so dials were the first seeded uh opl team and mineski were the third seeded uh sea team but mineski went undefeated throughout the play uh playoffs or the play-ins during the um riff rivals and so did Wolves. Diables lost their top liner and they're still trying to like work through getting to a point where they're comfortable with their team. They got fucking, they got smashed by Mineski. And I actually, I watched that first game and I actually, like, I actually thought shit was, it was done. Hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I can't believe we're going to lose like this. Uh, because Mineski just played this bullying style that, the Diables just didn't have any fucking answers for. And they, like, the Diables have always been pretty, like, pretty much bullies themselves. Uh, and so it was weird seeing their play style getting used against them and them not having any fucking for it. So I thought this shit was done. But um, game two, uh, SCA decided they were going to go for the fucking the finish. They sent out Ascension, who were their first seed their best team uh, going in or you know ostensibly their best team and we sent out Legacy who were our third place team and uh, Legacy got out to a pretty early lead and it was like the full fucking flip around until like fucking it could have like this this is a game that could have ended at 16 minutes it could have been over real quick but Legacy played it like this weird mix of uh like cautious, like aggressively cautious, I mm. guess you might like call it. Like they were going in um, when an opportunity presented itself, but most of, but they weren't like pushing the uh, ascension team. They weren't like pushing them to actually ascension or Carolines. Okay, where the fuck was uh, ascension? Um, yeah, they weren't pushing to finish the game and the further the game went uh, Ascension just sort of like ramped up and were given more chances to get back into it and mm. so early like I think there were five aces in this fucking game five instances where the entire fucking team on one side was white and the first two were legacies and then the next two were fucking Ascensions and they should not have happened at all because the game should have been over like 10 minutes ago at that point and it genuinely looked 
like the throw was happening live in front of our eyes and I could not believe it and uh, the best the best part was uh, like right near the end um, and four legacy players died they went in on just like this nothing this bare sliver of a opportunity to like at a team fight they just went at it and they got slammed and ascension were just marching towards the base if they'd killed one more player claire they would have won they literally would have won the game and they at that point i think they should have lost it 20 minutes prior like insane insane and then claire like straight up murdered like 1v4 type shit like insane shit and he was pulling out skill shots it was like I it was shit I see in Dota hmm. right the sort of like baller ass garbage bullshit that you see players pull out in Dota uh, but I don't watch international League of Legends all that much so I don't really see it happen this but yeah this was fucking top tier shit and it was awesome it was legitimately awesome and because of like he managed to stall long enough for legacy to respawn uh and then they were all like all of ascension was so low that like they just got fucking done that was the fifth ace and then legacy won like they just marched on the base and finished it Mm. it was insane it was utterly insane because it should never have gotten to there and then by all like by all rights legacy should have flossed and claire pulled out some utter horseshit and managed to like give legacy the win it was it was like it was legit like fucking some lebron james shit like just fucking fuck it i'll do it myself i'm gonna put up fucking triple doubles for the entire fucking finals and shit like lunacy it was crazy and then game three was the Chiefs versus Kale Hunters. And, uh, yeah, this looks, this, this was a smashing. It was an artist smashing. Uh, Chiefs were in control the entire time. And, uh, and KLH just never, never really looked like they had a, a shot. Uh, and then, so went to game four. And this was the, like, game four was the first time that the teams, uh, had to, like, decide an actual strategy because whichever team they sent out they would not be able to send out again so SEA needed the win but if they sent out Mineski they would not be able to use Mineski in game 5 the Chiefs uh, so OPL need one more win to win the entire thing because of first three first of five and so, the, yeah, they, they had a choice. They could either send out Direwolves and keep the Chiefs and Legacy in reserve, give Direwolves an opportunity to redeem themselves, or they could send out, you know, Legacy or the Chiefs and secure the, the win right there and then. Uh, but, you know, if they lost, then they'd be down potentially their, their strongest team. Hmm. Um, it, was, it was interesting. It was so probably the most interesting the the meta 
gaming of referrals actually got the B. Uh, they sent out the Chiefs. The Chiefs went out in game four. Mineski went out in game four. Uh, basically, Southeast Asia didn't have a choice. They had to send out Mineski because they were the only team that had won. Um, and they were undefeated. So if anyone was going to fucking keep SEA in it, it would be them. And uh, right right from the get-go, Mineski like, got first blood really early and it seemed like they were just going to do what they did to the Direwolves. But unlike the Direwolves, the Chiefs never, like, let them actually get any momentum. And they immediately smashed back at them. And, yeah, it was an awesome... It was a really good game to watch because both teams... It was like a brawl. It was, like, just one of those... A slap fight. Like, both teams were trying to play bully, this bully style, where they were just, like, everywhere all the time, taking towers like ganking out of nothing and starting team fights for no reason and all this like just like real dirty down in the fucking mud shit just trying to get the fucking win and uh, yeah it like it felt like it could have gone air either way until about I think like the 25 minute mark and then it switched up and it was over um, the Chiefs got Won, won a massive team fight and got out to a huge lead and were tearing away with it. And I feel like one of the things about League of Legends is that you can't really write a team off because once after a certain point, after about 20 minutes, like I feel like an ace is enough to allow you to do significant base damage. Hmm. And so if you've got towers down in the map, on the map, like, if there are no towers left, if it's just the base left on either side, right, then a team wipe could be, like, the game. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got, like, the Baron buff, which... Yeah, like, I feel like that that's the way... The way the League plays out is that you need... You cannot allow an ace to happen. And, yeah, like... Maneski almost almost managed it, and then yeah, fuck. Um, the Chiefs, like they, the Chiefs were fighting a Baron. They would have had the the damage boost out of Baron, and it would have been basically unwinnable for Maneski if the Chiefs won Baron. So they threw everything to stop it. Uh, the Chiefs managed to get Baron. Uh, Ryoma like killed all five um, of the Mineski players on his own. He got a Penta kill, which is pretty epic. And then, yeah, they were able to march on the base. The Penta kill took long enough that by the time they got to the base, there were some Mineski players back up, but it didn't fucking matter because it was over by the night. They, they stomped their way in. It was really, like, really entertaining to watch. And not just because we, you know, won. Um, it was just, I feel like they were pretty evenly matched. It would have been better if they were more evenly matched. And I think that's why I lament, you know, Vietnam not being a part of it. Because I feel like Vietnam might be as even as it gets for the OPL. Probably, that's probably being optimistic about the OPL even. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just really good. Hmm. And I love the idea of, more international experience for oceanic players. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very similar to, um, to, I know the Beyond the Summit guys and Dota do like weird games with Dota <laughs> where like they have things like you can only choose one hero once and that is it through the entire tournament. Just like weird shit like that. It sounds very similar of like picking strange rules and seeing how it plays out. I missed most of that because my headphones are turned off. Oh, okay. Um, what were you saying? I was, I was, strange rules in Dota. Yeah, like uh, Beyond the Summit is a they do tournaments in Dota, um, some of the big ones, and they do like right, weird yeah. tournaments where they have strange rules, um, like that, where where like teams will only be allowed to pick like one hero throughout the entire tournament, and once that hero is picked, you can't use it again. Right. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Seems it seems like they're doing something very similar, but yeah, that's cool. Like putting like a different mode in there and allowing other people to experience um, the game in a different way is always fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a good crowd. People were into it, well into it. And uh, yeah, the state theater was pretty well decked out. Uh, I thought it was a decent area. I got, I had the fucking worst seats. I had to move when I saw there were three seats somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, the, the seats where I gave me were fucking terrible. Um. Yeah. Other than that. Nice. Cool. Cool. So that that's all the games. That is all the games. That's all right. A lot. It's it's a slow period of the year. Um, yeah, we're, we're used to it. Two hours. Yeah. Um. Got some news though. Some exciting news. Lots on here that we can talk about for a while. Um. Right. If you're going to talk about Fortnite, I'm going to the bathroom. I was going to talk about We Happy Few. Um. We Happy Few was reclassified in Australia. Uh, this was obviously refused classification um, a while back. And uh, in particular to their dr- drug use in the game. And it's because they've got a, a drug in there called Joy. Um, and in that game, it is, I guess, allowing you to... It g- gives you incentives and perks and that sort of thing when you use it. I think it makes the game easier from what I could understand from a lot of the news posts um which is a big no-no in the um australian classification board and from what i can gather the um the developers of the game have put together a um a pitch about it and managed to get that game through it's now been uh reclassified as an re team plus game and it will be available for sale in australia um so the weird thing for me is what I don't understand is how this managed to get through. Like, I don't seem to be able to find anywhere. Nobody's talking about what happened to get this game, like, reclassified. Yeah. It's like in this giant black hole. It's like no one will explain what, what went what went on. Uh, and they haven't released yet. Um, like, what, what happened? <laughs> like, what went, what went on in that meeting? Oh, haven't they? No, they haven't released anything other than, like... Like Kotaku and Press Start and Survivor and like all those Australian sites put up like what the Australian classification board said. And there was stuff in there about how like, uh, you know, it doesn't fit the classification. Like it, it doesn't work and all this stuff, but we've, we've managed to get it to work now. And I don't know. Like, I just don't understand. Like nobody will tell anyone what is going on with this game anymore. So I don't know. It's weird. It's super strange. So, I can't explain why it's now being put through. Well, um, it seems to me, and this all happened while I was away, so I wasn't paying 
heaps of attention, but it seems to me like um, the acting head of uh, like the classification board yeah, was basically saying that it didn't like the, the rules were broken and so it didn't work or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Right? Is that correct? I don't. I don't like. I don't understand that. That that's the thing. Is that these all these articles went up and nobody could explain why it, why it was reclassified, other than that it was right. Um. So I'll look at Kotaku announces the board announced through their website this afternoon that a three member panel unanimously determined we have if you would receive an R eighteen rating, reversing the rever- um the RC ruling that would have uh, seen the game banned from Australia. And then down the bottom, it now says the fancy violence and interactive drug use moniker will be applied to the game's classification rating instead. In a further release, the board's acting director, Margaret Anderson, noted the drug use related to incentives and rewards was banned amongst all classification levels. And they go on to basically state that you can't use fucking drugs in games and have them be a reward. Um, You know, the stuff that we've spoken to about before. And then the article continues saying that that's like that's the end of the article. That like nothing happens. It says here, um, although no further detail was provided on Gearbox reply or what were the questions asked. It's just yeah, that's all we've got. So it's been reclassified, and we don't know why. And they're still saying that 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 uh, drug use is bad. Yeah, I don't understand it. Eh? Yeah, no, no idea. It's weird. But anyway, I guess it's coming out now. Um, the, like the, the for me, I don't really give that much crap other than the fact I like to know why because then that applies to other games, in particular Cyberpunk, because um, mm. that's the big one. And if they're deciding to change their stance on the interactive drug use and incentives, then yes, that that's a huge deal for that. But yeah, it's um, without an explanation as to why it was reversed. It's hard to determine what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one. Um, yep. I think I think, I think it's going to change. That's what I think <clears throat> is going to happen. I think they're going to change the classification details and all the that particular rule. Yeah. I think Cyberpunk's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's, that's what happens. Gut, gut feeling. Mm. Cool. Um. Ben Simmons is the cover star of NBA 2K19 in Australia, uh, the Rookie of the Year at the NBA rookie last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's big news because it's the first uh, local cover athlete that we've had for the game in Australia. Um, so that's awesome. And the uh, the standard edition cover will be Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is um, who, who was leaked, I guess, about a week or two ago, but officially it was announced like two nights two nights back um so yeah that's uh that's good someone's didn't different I see, didn't i see like a lebron cover yeah so lebron's doing a uh, 20th anniversary edition as well oh, um okay. and they did the right thing of not having his jersey on there they just had a headshot. So they, um, I feel like they learned their lesson from last year when Curry was traded <laughs> from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Boston Celtics and they needed to, they needed a second edition of the cover. Yeah. Um, 
they haven't done the same thing for for Ben Simmons or Giannis. They they've got them in their um in their uniform, but I feel like maybe they had an inkling that LeBron was not going to be on that same team that, this year. So it's just a headshot. <laughs> they actually were making a joke of it and being like, "Hey, we've we've updated the cover now. Here's the new one, and we're just putting the same cover out for the yeah. um yeah for him." So. Um, that, that game's coming out a little bit earlier this year. It'll be, uh, I think it's September 11th, um, over here where last year it was around the 15th. So a couple of days earlier, um, still haven't seen anything about it. They sent a bunch of press, press material out, uh, uh, this week. Um, a bunch of people got, uh, like Ben Simmons basketballs and, and t-shirts and whatnot. So yeah, that was a cool little surprise. That's, that's awesome that he's on there. That's good. Um, I uh, I had been I got back from Japan, yeah. just Like the day they announced this, and I had an email from Two K Australia. Like, what's your What's your address? We want to send you something, and I obviously had not sent it while I was away. Mm. Uh, I get back home, I send the email. I'm like, oh, my address is this. By the way, I'm a Lakers fan now. <laughs> and, uh, the PR car guy at uh, 2K is like, oh, are you sure you don't want to be a 76ers fan? Like, uh, I was hoping. I had been hoping I'd be a 76ers fan, but <sighs> sadly, I'm not. And, uh, <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, man. You should probably be one. Like, gotta go, gotta go Lakers. Gotta go LA. It's where my heart has always been. I've always loved the Lakers. Uh, which is always a lie. And um, yeah, I've got a Dwight Howard t-shirt you can borrow. <laughs> it's a jersey. It's a jersey. Uh, so. um, and then um, the he sent the press release like 15 minutes after that email. Yeah. So, yeah. Weird timing. But I didn't get anything. Yeah, man. It'd be cool if they did something else with him. He's here at the moment. Um, is he? he? Well, he's in Australia, yeah. Is he fighting? <laughs> he's, he's, he's come in to, to give him some tips. <laughs> Mate, look, all I could say is they're all lucky Delhi was on the bench during that. Otherwise, it would have been a bloodbath. No fucking, they would have no knees. All <laughs> knees gone. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, the next story I don't have up at the moment, which is fine. So I'll talk about the Fortnite stuff. I don't know if you kept up with any of this. So I was, um, I obviously follow a lot of streamers on my, um, my Twitter and they were talking about how there was going to be this big event in, in Fortnite and to, to be on the game at this certain time and, and something cool will happen. Uh, it turned out it was going to be for a rocket launch and they had this countdown in the game. Um, where this rocket was going to take off and nobody kind of knew what was going on. Um, I was on, I was on the internet at that stage. So I was watching a stream of people, um, gathering at this location at this specific time. And, uh, basically this fucking rocket takes off in the game. It's, uh, have you watched the video yet? No. No, it's insane. This rocket goes off in the sky and it fucking basically breaks off and it starts like darting around the map. Um, and then the rocket disappears. It goes through like a bunch of portals and, uh, this goes on for like two minutes and then it fucking eventually it shoots off like this laser beam fucking comes from the sky and then like is shooting shit in the ground and then 
the rocket fucking takes off again and then basically hits the ceiling and there's like a crack in the sky now um which okay. uh and there's like a bunch of stuff falling from the sky like little debris and whatnot um so they're doing this like big end of season event and i guess it's leading up to whatever the fuck happens next week or whenever the season resets um and since then basically the the crack in the sky has been getting bigger and bigger like every couple of hours it's sort of they're doing this thing where it gets larger um and there's like weird events that are happening within the world there's like uh strange portals that are like appearing and things in the world are like disappearing at certain times of the day um if you go to those specific locations so yeah it's i i haven't seen much like it in terms of doing strange world events other than in mmos and that sort of thing but this is kind of unique for a for a shooter (laughs) to be doing these sort of things um yeah it was just cool to watch like how they are approaching their um their events and the way they're sort of doing that like in-game stuff compared to (laughs) battlegrounds streamers to get really hype about certain shit yeah as opposed to like battlegrounds where they it just feels like such a huge contrast between uh, like an or an indie developer who has fallen into success as opposed to this big uh you know well-known studio who's had a lot of um time to work on games and understands how to make them and whatnot um yeah like being yeah, able to do all this ideas. shit yeah it's stealing ideas um just like they're handling that stuff so much better um than what PUBG is doing lately which is disappointing so I don't know that was kind of cool to watch everybody um sort of freak out about that and forget what's going on I guess people are putting things together as what it might lead to um I guess the big theory going around is it's going to go back in time or something like that I'm not too not too sure so anyway that was fun to watch um because yeah the PUBG stuff at the moment is uh is not going so great they they released the new map recently um another update went out yesterday um yeah and that game like I I don't know what we're supposed to do anymore with, with that game it's just it's 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 so broken um just play unfortunate spaceman like i keep asking you to yeah yeah no um just do it it's the thing why is this so hard to convince people of it's it looks terrible oh my god it doesn't look that bad it looks horrible i played it it's pretty funny christ is it laggy looks laggy no it's got fucking single player (laughs) co-op it's got like it's got stuff. It's got some meat to it. So for the love of Christ, <clears throat> just fucking get in. Or at least if you're gonna fucking trot out deceit as an alternative, at least play deceit with me. I'll play deceit, but we need everyone else to play it. You need like six people, don't you? Yes, at least. But you constantly shit on it, so nobody wants to fucking play. I'll play it. I just I'm not playing that other game. Unless you want to give me 20 bucks. 30 bucks, I think it's more than that. Yeah, fuck, mate. It's all, it was 11 when I bought it. So if, if you bought it when I said you should buy it... The Spaceman then, game? Yeah. It was on. It was in the fucking sale. It's what? 15 now, you fuck. That's too much. That's like 30 bucks Australian. You're fucked. Cunt. That's insane. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, but so I guess we talk about PUBG. They they put an update out yesterday, um, which now has a estimated wait time for matches, um, and I guess that gives us a better idea of what is going on <laughs> with the matchmaking. Yeah, how broken it is. Um, yeah, and it's definitely there's something weird going on there. Like we've had instances where it's the estimated wait time is fifty minutes. Um, I was trying to play. So you weren't actually here. We, we were trying to play. Um, uh, last Friday night, um, with a yep. bunch of the guys, and we couldn't in- we couldn't get into games at like nine o'clock on a Friday night. Just we try. I think we got one game in about an hour and a half. Uh, we ended up stopping and playing Siege instead, which took a total of about fifteen seconds to find a match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we're getting games in at the moment between sort of five o'clock and eight o'clock. Um, we're, we're only playing really squads at the moment. I can't get any solo games to pop really in, um, other than the new map. Seems to work fine between those times on the new map. I think I've played Erangel once in the last two weeks. Uh, maybe Miramar twice. Yeah. And, and they just keep trotting out the same thing that it's a population issue. There's not enough people. Yep. Uh, the last update is I saw them post, I think a couple hours back and they said, if you play after 3 p.m., on OCA, you should be able to find the game. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, like, so I, I played when I got back. I was playing with uh, my mate Richard. We are playing duos, first person. And uh, it would do the thing where it would just sit there and we'd sit for five minutes yapping about my trip to Japan. And then we'd unqueue and we'd requeue and instant pop. Yeah. With like 70 people in there or 50 people or something like that. Like, there's actually people in there playing. Yeah. And I just, like, how the fuck is this, like, it's clearly fucked. It's clearly fucked. You need to record, now that it's got, like, the timer, you need to do, like, wait 10 minutes and then, like, show the amount that you've waited, show the estimated wait time is 35 minutes and then unqueue and then requeue and like record it insta popping yeah so i don't know if you saw the i posted two memes um one of me waiting like for i think it was i gave it about 40 minutes um the estimated wait time was 26 seconds and i was waiting for 40 minutes for a game to pop and uh, I alt-tabbed and fight. I was playing um, Fortnite at the same time and press, press play on that and it started up a match in like 10 seconds. Um, so some people in Discord found that very amusing. Um, but the other one that I've looked at is they've they've basically split up the queues. So we've got two, que- two queues at the moment. We've got um, uh, Battle Royale, which are the old maps, Erangel and Miramar. There is Mini Royale, which is the, the new map, the smaller one. Um, and then there are there's a, a third playlist which is all which should include both right um, and before when yeah. I fired them up if you actually go into say Mini Royale the estimated wait time when I checked it was 26 seconds if you go to Battle Royale the estimated wait time was 8 minutes but if you select all maps the estimated wait time is still 8 minutes right which doesn't make any sense because it should be it should be like 26 seconds or like yeah. it's it's got something's going on there like it's not queuing up all maps like these seem to be three separate different queues um yep. and uh 
and I tried this, like, I cancelled all maps. Like, I think I tried it 15 times. I cancelled it and just waited. And it would not pop. <laughs> like, it still kept coming up with that eight minutes. So, so, yeah, something's going on there. They don't want to admit that they've broken it. And it's been nearly three months since this has been going on. So, ludicrous. Yeah. It's It's pretty stupid. It's pretty insane. Um, and they, they've basically killed the community here. I, like, yeah. I don't know how it comes back from this. There's always going to be people that are playing it, but they're at the point now where they can actually justify the low population problem because it hasn't worked for two and a half months. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Two, yeah, two and a half months. Yeah. So, Which is the conspiracy that I trotted out weeks ago, right? That they, That's what they wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I've, I, I follow, you know, obviously a shitload of pro players from a lot of games, but I've seen, I saw quite a few, like, uh, the SYF guys were saying that they're not, they're not playing Battle, uh, PUBG anymore. Yeah. And they were doing really well in fucking, uh, the invitational qualifiers. So that's not good. Right. Like if they're giving up on the fucking game, if guys who were doing quite well are giving up on the game, then yeah yeah cool um all right and the sorry give me one sec someone's calling me hokey dokey i'll just talk on my own um something about the e3 2018 game critics awards winners announced uh i don't know what that is so i don't really have anything to put in on that one um let's see if we've got any fucking any of the old uh questions no questions what the fuck no questions. I've been away for two weeks, motherfuckers. One week, I guess. Um, what else? What else can I talk about then? Um, I'm drinking some excellent whiskey right now. That was twenty dollars in Japan. Uh, it's I'm actually crazy. Oh, okay. It's crazy how cheap booze is over there. Uh, like full, like seven hundred ml bottles of fucking absolute vodka. Uh, like fifteen bucks and shit. This is actually expensive compared to the rest of the fucking booze in Japan. Hmm. But it is, uh, uh, yeah, I, I saw it in the Duty Free, um, this, this same type. This is the Cheetah, which is my uh, go-to cheapo Japanese whiskey. Uh, it was um, $85 a Duty Free, 20 bucks for the same bottle in um, Japan. So, yeah, bananas, bananas. Right. I ate fugu when I was in Japan. What is that? Blowfish. Oh, right. I've yeah. seen that episode. You have. It does not yeah. end well for the Simpsons guys. It does. It does doesn't it? die. Um. Yeah. We uh we were at a sushi place like this place where you know you sit on the floor and you got to take your shoes off and. Uh, they got a bunch of like uh, kimonos that you can put on and uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we uh, we were, we had this like massive t- tower of sashimi, and we had a couple of um, nigiri. Is that the roll with the fish on top? I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I was like looking through the menu. I was actually looking for more sake. Because uh, we drank a shitload of sake, uh, but um, I I came across a page and it was like uh, 
the blowfish. I'm like, oh my God, Fugu. And uh, the host at this place like rushes over and he's like, oh, do you want to eat the poison fish? Uh, and this is literally he, out of The Simpsons. <laughs> he was full blown hamming it up so fucking hard. It was brilliant. And uh, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm about it. He's like, oh, be careful. Uh, and then he winked at me. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't wink at me. Uh, and anyway, uh, he's like, uh, do your lady friends want to eat the poison fish? And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, yes, give me a second. And so I convinced them. Actually, I said, uh, I only had to convince Nadia, who's my wife's friend, because my wife was like, well, yeah, I'll eat it, because if Joe's going to die, then I may as well die as well, which was, like, very touching in a mad, depressing way. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, so uh, we just had to convince Nadia. And um, he came back, and I'm like, yeah, man, we're in. Get us, get us the fugu, fugu me. And he's like, oh, be careful. And he winked again, uh, which was, again, weird. Anyway, we ate it. Um, it was, like, chewy, chewy the, chewier than I expected. And um, pretty fishy. It was pretty tasty. Um, I probably wouldn't go it again. I didn't think it was that, like, interesting. I didn't think it was that good, to be honest. Um, but I'm glad I tried it. Hmm. Uh, I looked into it. You don't get 24 hours if you eat it, eat the poison fish uh, instead of the tasty fish. You get about 24 minutes, apparently. Right. Like, it doesn't fuck about. You're done. You're done, though. So, uh, yeah, we would have known. Uh, I, yeah, I looked it up, like, two hours later because um, the ladies were s- still pretty, like, freaking out. Yeah. They were, like, they enjoyed the rest of their meal. And then... Uh, I don't know what we were doing, but I think, yeah, we're just sitting on the subway waiting to go back to Ginza. Hmm. And, uh, and they started thinking, one of them started thinking about it and brought it up and they were talking about it again. And I had the internet, so I'm like, I looked it up. I'm like, no, actually, we'd be dead already, so we're okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all good, but two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. It was good. It was good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't eat anything particularly weird. Uh, they tried someone. This lady tried to get me to eat um, live octopus. Okay, that sounds dangerous. Well, yeah, I'd read and not fun a, a story about this squid that was full of parasites, mm. and it basically ejaculated the parasites into this woman's mouth, and they burrowed into her mouth. Uh, I can't. I can't talk about it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh god! So, uh, sounds like you yeah. need another whiskey. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, could could not could not make it happen. Um, could not eat a live octopus. Although they, he does eat one in fucking old boy, and I was tempted, but I just could not get the the image out of my head. Fascinating. So yep. exciting. Yeah. All right. We didn't have any questions, so I'm just trying to fill out. Yeah. Um, last piece of news here was the uh, Game Critic Awards winners for E3 yep. 2018. Um, mm-hmm. So we were a part of this. We got to basically pick a bunch of uh, games in a ballot, and then we were sent the uh, like the top couple, top three, I think. Uh, and then you had to pick uh, one of those and then send them back 
to sure. old mate Jeff. Um, so we got a list here. I'll uh, I'll start at the bottom because that sounds sounds better. Uh, special special commendation for innovation with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So, um, so these these ones are actually ones that we uh, we didn't play. We weren't allowed to play. Uh, special commendations sound was Last of Us Part Two. Special commendations for graphics with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Last of Us Part Two, and Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, so those were all stuff we couldn't touch. These ones are things we could play, which were. Um, uh, five minutes or more I think the time was so we had here best ongoing game Fortnite uh, best yeah. independent game what Ori what Ori no Fortnite best yeah, ongoing game Fortnite I think uh, the nominations were uh, Fortnite PUBG and um, Siege the three uh, best independent game Ori and the Will of the Wisps best online multiplayer Battlefield 5 don't know if I agree with that because Technically, EA is not part of E3. Um, best family and social games, Overcooked 2. Best strategy game was Total War Three Kingdoms. Best sports game, FIFA 19, disqualified. Uh, best racing game, Forza Horizon 4. That's I agree with that one. Best fighting game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I guess, sure. Um, sure. Best RPG, Kingdom Hearts 3. A lot of people definitely yelling for that wow. game, so okay, sure really? thing. Yeah. Best action adventure game, Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, best action game was Anthem, also disqualified. Best hardware peripheral, Xbox adaptive controller. Yep, agree with that. Uh, sure. Best PC game, Anthem, disqualified. Uh, best VR AR game was Tetris Effect. Didn't see it. The only VR game I played was Wolfenstein. Uh, okay. Some Wolfenstein game. Uh, best console game was Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, best original game was Dreams. <laughs> I think, yeah, I agree with that. And then the best of show was Resident Evil 2. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Resident Evil 2? Yeah. The remastered game? Yeah. What is going on? Oh, it's all popping off again. What is going on? You going or what? Yeah, he's going. He's going to get fucking... Okay, I'll just come down. The buzzer. He's got presents. Shit. I'm like, old Jobo here has to... I have to leave. There's someone with a package for me. Go and get it then. I'll be back. Yeah, go on. On your fucking bike, mates. Um, What else did I do while I was over there? We did the gacha thing. There's heaps of vending machines in Japan. Crazy amounts of vending machines. And everyone was all about the boss coffee that you can get from a vending machine. I thought it was pretty good. But it was uh, it was like pretty much like if you chilled uh, instant coffee and then added condensed milk to it. Uh, to be honest, it's not really my jam. Uh, it was too sweet. Uh, I don't drink... Uh, I don't have sugar in my coffee usually anymore. I used to have shitloads... But I cut it all out, um, and now, yeah, it just tastes like just way too sweet. Um, the flip side is um, we were able to, like, the general coffee that you get, they do this pour everything, basically just fucking filtered coffee, and I'm not about it. They fucking, it's like some elevated shit in Japan. They, like, do a whole, it's a whole thing make a big fucking deal of it and it reminded me of uh, it was probably my biggest takeaway 
out of Japan is because I disputed the idea that um, the cows, the Kobe beef cows, are uh, massaged uh, mostly because it's not what you see out of, like, it's not the results you see out of um, out of the cow. Like, you don't see uh, a bunch of or, 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 like, the marbling effect out of, like, a beef cow is mostly the result of a fat cow, right? Like, it's just a pretty fat cow. It's, so, yes, uh, it's definitely lived a very uh, sedentary life. That doesn't mean it's been massaged every day and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that uh, one of the tour guides was saying to me is that uh, for Japan, like 90% of the value of anything you purchase is the story as opposed to the actual quality itself. And so the story behind something uh, is often like worth way more. And that to me really like nails the, I guess, the Kobe beef situation. Because I don't think, and you like, it's almost like it's, it's folklore that's like locked in for a lot of them. Like this is their, this is what they know. Cause you hear exactly the same things a lot of the time. I'd, I'd see like eel, uh, being cooked at one of the markets. Cause we went to shitloads of markets. We bought, bought like a new, uh, chef's knife, uh, like. It is spectacular. I tried it out. It is unbelievable. It's weighted towards the handle, which is was a bit weird at first, and then like, it just felt really good to chop with. Uh, it really quick to chop with. Um, they etched uh, my name and my wife's name into it. We got some chopsticks and all that kind of stuff. You think? Um, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a good point. I should Google Translate that shit. Um, but yeah, no, I'd see, I saw eel being cooked at like a vendor in Osaka. And, uh, and I asked what was going on. And the tour said, oh, it's, um, that's eel. Uh, but the problem with eel is that it's, you know, it's way too fatty. Uh, and so a lot of, you know, foreigners don't like to eat it. And then we saw it in, um, in a market in Tokyo when we were doing the tour uh, in Tokyo in uh, Shibuya Shibuya? sort of between Shibuya and Harajuku uh, and it wasn't a market it was more like just a like a, a strip of, of like fence, street vendors um, and the one of the people on the tour was like oh what's that and the the tour guide is like, oh, that's eel. And the problem with eel is that uh, it's too fatty and a lot of foreigners don't like to eat. And it was, like, it struck me because it was word for word the same fucking thing uh, that the other tour guide had said. And it was like there was a script that they all kind of stick to. And that, like, and that that was the, it was the same with the, you know, the um, Kobe beef getting massaged and, you know, you hear the same things a lot of the time. It's like there is this 
story and the story is all that matters and you need to know the way the story is told for it to be worth anything mm. that's was the big thing about the coffee was that you know they they tell like they sh- make this big show the way they pour it over and they you know swirl it as they pour it and they do these massive gestures and that like well, the theater is part of coffee and what results is honestly uh fucking average coffee right like below average even like like by australian standard and it made me wonder like if you could take an espresso machine a halfway decent fucking espresso machine import some beans you can like still import beans from wherever the fuck uh and and put together like australian coffee which play i found a single place that did uh, and it was just, it was like literally advertised as the oceanic style flat white. Uh, and it was actually like halfway decent and it was fucking cheap. It was two bucks 50. Uh, I wonder if like, if you could sell people on it because without all the, the, I think the reason you wind up with these much more expensive pour over coffees, uh, that aren't actually that much better or aren't even better rather than a fucking, regular espresso is because you need it to be more expensive because you can't fucking have a big line of people waiting for their fucking flat white in the morning because you need to like you need the fucking three minutes to swirl your fucking hand every time you pour the fucking drink and yeah so i wonder if you like i wonder if you could take an espresso machine out of japan and start selling good coffee quickly or if because the story isn't there, it would it would fail. No. Anyway. Cool. So, did you black out after I told you about Resident Evil, or what happened there? Oh, I just changed the subject. After, You're so angry. You, know, you, you got the the buzz. You got that beep. <laughs> Everything's trying to stop the podcast. Cut the world sick as fart, and I decided to change the subject. How <laughs> the fuck did Resident Evil win? <clears throat> I guess people really like that game. Resident Evil fans, PlayStation fans. Did you see it? Yeah, I played it. I know Steve did. Yeah. And I was, was... flabbergasted. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, I I, it, I played it. It's it's definitely good. But again, it's it's a remake of a 20-year-old game. Or 15-year-old yep. game. Can't really remember. Um, mm. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's right. where it went. Cool, ludicrous. All right, shall we wrap this up? Yeah, Questions? let's. Let's. Uh, is there a question? Baz just wrote in a question. Okay. Baz writes, "What was your favorite part about Japan?" Uh, my favorite part about Japan, Baz, was the Yamazaki Distillery. It was <laughs> honestly ridiculous, but I've already explained why. Um, question. Uh, I actually want to know Baz's favorite part about. Japan. So Baz, tell me in Discord, please. And yeah. Uh, let's wrap this shit up. Yep, let's do this. Uh, if you want to find this show here, you can find us on iTunes, Android, and the Windows Store. Yeah, they're the three. Uh, I've been trying to figure out how to get us on Spotify, but it's really hard. Everyone's on Spotify. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, they, they've got this weird process where it needs we to be really on. We really want to have to compete for space with 16 fucking Drake playlists, though. Yeah, but we, we could be the best one. Next week, we just talk where's about the, Drake. Where's the Pusha T? playlists at that's what i want to know we'll go to there we'll be we'll how do we get on fucking what's jay-z's one title i think get us so. up the title. 
uh, Luke. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's the dream. Yeah, I don't even think is good music up on title. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah. We'll go where Pusha T is. Okay, Pusha right. T beats Drake. Okay, it's like rock paper scissors, except with just two things. Push your tea and drink. All right. Uh, if you want to send us questions, you can email us, the GA podcast at gmail.com, or you can also do that on our Discord page, the gapodcast.com slash Discord. Um, we've also got a bunch of voice channels in there and just people talking about uh, random things. Um, people playing games. People playing games. People are trying to play Battle for, Battle something games. at the moment. PUBG right now, yeah. Must be working. It's after 4.30. Ah, uh, true. Maybe they've got something going. Yep. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast, or you can go to our website, which is gapodcast.com. It's got all the links to things we just talked about just then, including our past episodes of the show. Um, and that's all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast, and we appreciate everyone that does that. Uh, helps us pay for things like site costs, which we did recently. We, we we did we re-upped we re-upped nice. another year yep legendary um and that's it if you want to uh follow me you can go to twitter.com slash luke laurie um it's l-a-w-r-a you can follow the things i've been doing i haven't done much last week i got sick again so i wasn't writing which is fun um uh, but i got some things some things i'm working on at the moment i gotta finish some e3 stuff um which i sort of half started before i got sick and a uh, new piece I'm working on right now. So that'll hopefully be out, uh, I think, early next week. I'm aiming for. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Uh, what do you got happening? Follow me on Twitter slash, oh, sorry, at Joey Jojo. And uh, yeah, on Red Bull, um, I have a couple of pieces with uh, some uh, people around the British Fribles, uh, Chiefs player Babbit, the jungle health for the team, plus. Um, yeah, and in, like uh, look into Mammoth Esports, which is an upstart League of Legends team that's actually been doing really well. Uh, I will have a chat with Swiper, uh, I think. I'm not sure Swiper is um, the veteran with the Chiefs mm. League of Legends team. Um, we'll have some World Cup stuff going up um, next week, I think, probably at this point, because uh, it didn't the fucking CMS went down when I was trying to put it up today and there's no point in putting shit up after five so uh, yeah next week and I'm uh, halfway through I haven't read it yet but uh, I wrote while I was on the plane flying back I wrote this thing about why I get mad about a capital S in the middle of the word esports okay so I have to read it to see if it's just fucking insane plane rambling. Yeah. But uh, if it's not, then that'll be up next week as well. Nice. All right. That's it. That's the show. Bit of a long one. Yeah. Three hours. Fucking radio. That's insane. All right. We'll be back next week with more of this, The Gap. See you then. Word. Bye.